Hey gang, this is Fillmore, just letting you know that if you enjoy our podcast, quite frankly, a Howard Stern podcast, and you'd like to donate some money for the upkeep, uh, or you want to request certain clips, please donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash jimfix. That's J-I-M-F-I-X-X. You can donate as much as you want for as long as you want. There's absolutely no obligation. Makes me feel like a... You know what, though? But none of that stuff impresses me. I'm not a big uh, star effer. I'm not All really... Right, stop it. Just stop. Run into stop, it. Stop, please. You please, think I'm a star effer? Why go? Because I've gotten friendly with uh, Kira. She lives in my neighborhood. That's because you're a star effer. No, she invites me to a million things. <laughs> I said a star effer. She's a nice girl. What were you doing this weekend? I'm really into the Internet now. I've developed a love of the Internet. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand that this, this schlub... Phil Graham is screaming that we have to censor the internet. It's just, it's, it's repulsive to me. It's repugnant. Listen, I, I'm very well versed on the new technologies. You know what a SIM card is? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. I see it in my phone. Right. I take the you're battery. not only going to see it in your phone, you're going to see it in your car very soon, a SIM card. You know? Mm-hmm. And once that happens, it's called Game Changer. I never read the social media comments about this show. A, I can't stand social media because I hate that people have power now. You know, in the old days, if you hated me, you'd have to write a letter to the station. What do you think about Baba Booey? What do you think about Artie? Everyone likes Artie. Artie's super funny. They describe him as, you know, a little bit crude, but funny and uh, they likable. Baba Booey, everyone loves Baba Booey. I'm reading the research, and then it gets to me and they go, well, because Howard's so controversial, but maybe this is the reason for the result. Like, 40% of the people kind of like me. The rest of them think I'm a fucking asshole. Really? Crude. Everybody loves Artie. Oh, Artie, yeah. Yeah, but are you sure they really know who me and Baba Booey are? I don't know. They like you. And the other thought I had was that if the FCC does take us off the air, how would we reach these millions of people that listen to us? Will we just fade away? What if we have an announcement to make to them or want to communicate with them? This would be a great contingency. So make it free. Make it up there and let the fans have fun. And I didn't have any moderators, nothing. I said, anyone can write what they want. So now when you go on there, there's like thousands of posts of just like, and I don't even know who the people are. It's almost like people who hate the show more than people who like it. And it's like you get on there and it's like, Stern sucks. He's a homo. Uh, Robin's a pain in the ass. That's a horse face. Uh, Artie's a, 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 a jack-off, um, you know, kill Howard. Oh, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> anyway, the birthday bash is there for you for free. And not because I couldn't sell it to a network. Yes, many networks did want it, but... I thought. This but who would nice. even think that way? I don't know, and it, the, the thoughts are so rapid... year old girls and as far as i know these girls are all over 20 years of age as far as i know yeah hey so we're beautiful and i just want people to understand that girls got jobs out of the dick clark show exactly (laughs) and i'm a father of daughters these girls will actually be paid right it's time to vote now oh okay audience we will determine the winner by applause okay so really root for your favorites number one She looks amazingly like Allison Norris. <laughs> I'm wondering if was it wasn't her. <laughs> Look at this 
the barometer, like <laughs> the applause meter <laughs> gif. <laughs> Wasn't that played out then? I mean, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Number two! <laughs> that looks like the guy. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> oh, my God. Number two, Outman's Bath. Holy <laughs> shit. When you see her close up, she does look a little, yeah. She looks tough. like she's wearing, like, a washcloth that you put on your head when you have a fever <laughs> around her neck. <laughs> oh, you can already see the leg warmers. Lord, it looks like John Leguizamo in oh my to God. Wong Fu. To Wong you Fu, know what thanks it... for everything, Julie Newmar. Oh, oh my God. We have winners. The winners are number two. Yeah. And number three. It looks like he wanted at least one tranny. Go ahead. That was predetermined because the girl was already clapping before Robin said it. The girl yeah. on the side. So that yeah. was a gaffe. And <laughs> you look cut at that this. As well. Look at this. Sunglasses on, sunglasses off, sunglasses on, sunglasses off. Like he's uncomfortable with his own eyeballs in his skull. Do you remember? Do you remember the? Uh, I think it was Jonah Falcon. Remember the guy with the big fourteen-inch dick, whatever that Richard and Sal would troll. Uh, who who used to do the Yankees uh, show, and they would um, troll him all the time. Yeah, like, and ask yes. him about the weather and shit like that. And at one point, he's sweating inside the studio because there's no air conditioning, and he's got the sunglasses on. I think I'll put these sunglasses on. He's like, oh, it's too hot even for, for sunglasses. <laughs> this is what Wiggy's doing as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of Jonah Falcon. There's a throwback, and he had him in studio one time for for uh, uh, to take it out during the gay bachelor party for Takay and Artie. Oh. Everybody was just disgusted. If anybody wants to recall that, just shunt oh. it from your memory. You know, he was probably like needed one of those dentist suction things from the drool coming out of <laughs> Howard's mouth for for that yeah. fucking fourteen incher. Yeah. Wait, you know what? Fillmore. Uh, yeah, go ahead. There's you know a picture how you of just... Ellen. You, very rare picture of Ellen, actually. You don't see her very often, do you? You hear her sometimes, but anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, wow. Um, You know how you posted that clip on our Facebook page of the old David Brenner and what was her name? Judy, I don't... Julie? You... <laughs> I was thinking, for the first name was Joan London, but it's not. Um, It was on the... Newmar? Uh, it was on the Good Morning, Good Morning New York. Yeah, and Regis Philman replaced them. But right. um, during the clip, he adjusted his wig at the seven-minute mark, like pretty vigorously, where you actually saw his hair shift on his, his head. Yeah, and he says so, it's a weave. And he said, it's my weave. So he admitted that he has a hair piece on that, which is incredible that you found that, that piece. And that would have been I mean, 1984. So that's the early, that's probably the, the most recent where he's actually said it and not jokingly he he there was no joke no one was laughing he said yeah it's a hair weave and then he shifts it he moves it actively 
Yes, he manipulates it in a way that it can be anything else but a wig. I mean, it's that obvious that it's a hairpiece. So now I'm looking at the way he's sweating. And I think I said this before, but if you're sweating because you're hot in a leather jacket, yeah, you're going to perspirate in some areas. But you see how he's sweating on and where it is dangling from his hair. Mm -hmm. That would only happen if you're wearing a wig. Mm hmm. You and just it makes, watch where the perspiration is. So by the time he gets into Joey Ramone look, which is like mid nineties grunge, he's into plugs up until mm-hmm. that time. And they're way like low tech compared to what they are now. Now what he's wearing is, you know, the surgically, the surgery has come a long way since then. Uh, but it looked also fake then. It definitely looked like hair plugs. The only advantage that he has is the fact that everyone had such awful hair in the 80s Mm -hmm. it's that's kind of the only advantage he has in the 90s though i mean we could go for forever how forever uh, yeah and agt i mean jesus christ yeah it was a wig parade we used to like to watch (laughs) we're back we're back robin quivers joe piscopo this is not like radio. You don't have to keep introducing yourself. Every time you come on on radio, you're supposed to say your name. Oh, you don't yeah, have to do that on television. Yeah, that's true. We're supposed to be happening enough that we don't have to say yeah. name. Well, let's say oh, Joe's. Oh, cool. You're, you're on television, you fuck. Why would you ever on a TV show say, oh, yeah, this is weird. We used to be, we're on radio and uh, we got to introduce ourselves. We don't have to do that now. Oh, good. Glad you learned. Well, here's, okay, it's just as kind of an aside. You're t- when you're, we're doing a podcast, we're using it through Skype. We see each other um, so we can signal each other and all that. But what, we talk differently than you would talk to someone who you're face-to-face with or if you were on the phone with someone. You adjust according to the circumstances. It's, it's clear that Wiggy doesn't know how to adjust for anything. It's either I'm in radio mode or nothing. Where Whatever the medium, I'm doing radio. Well, I have the... Um... You and I both have the ability not to be total frauds, so it's a lot easier for us to adjust to podcasting and regular life. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah. Plugged. Listen, I want to plug you, my man. And uh, what are you doing this summer? Funny you ask, Howard. It's going to be fun. I think we open in, um, oh, I think in New Orleans we open now. And then September 26th to do a live HBO special. All, All right. right. Joe Piscopo, everyone. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Howard checking out his ass as he left. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for coming on and not being Eddie Murphy. I shamed you for a good ten minutes. Now get the fuck out of here. Well, I uh, well, I open what what is in there? King Tut? What is he opening in this fucking table? Honestly, frigid air. It's gonna be like our archaeologists gonna like come on set and start fucking opening this up with crowbars. I mean, what is happening? <laughs> There's not a single piece of furniture that matches. And now it's time to play A Star is Born Again. Twinkle, twinkle, falling star. Lost the house and sold the car. Your fans have left you all alone. Can't get your agent on the phone. Now you're forced to do this show. 
How much lower can you go? And now, the host of A Star is Born Again, Howard Stern! So, okay, this is something that they decided they were going to do as a, as a bit, which actually uh, is a little bit it's it's a little better approach than what they were doing but he's still now it's a game show instead of a talk show instead of a sketch show what is it like what's what's it supposed to be so it has he has no sense of himself the show has no sense of itself sam and notice his only way to feel like a star is to put down people yes and the sunglasses <laughs> got to come off yet again we're not going to change costumes. You're a game show host now. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. the least you could do is take off the crap leather jacket and the shitty sweaty wig, put on a new rug, and fucking put on something else. Yeah, look like, uh, I don't know, fucking, what's his name on the, Monty Hall on, you know, I mean, let's make what a deal or something. Spend $5 on the budget for the set? You got a box as your what table. What do you want to bet he pocketed most of the money himself and just said, screw it. Let's how, how much do you think, how cheap can we make the set? And I can still take the rest. I mean, how much he's probably like, shit, I got to pay that uh, parking attendant to be my stylist this week. <laughs> still a couple of years down the bike. Yeah. But you know, you know, for sure he was looking to short everybody as much as he could. dreamed up an embarrassing segment now a star <laughs> is born again that's right now what does that mean all right what that means is here's the premise you guys you see we have three stars coming out billy three former stars three Their former stars, stars don't shine as brightly as they used to yeah three oh, guys fuck you robin i want to uh, just i want to put her head on a swivel and just it's it's one thing to be condescending about stuff like this, which is what they're being, and that's because they're narcissistic, narcissistic assholes. But it's it, the, the way to handle this would have been let, let's you make this a human interest thing. Let's bring them out and let's talk to them, and you know how's what's what's life been like since you know, like you know, um, courtship of Eddie Eddie's father, or, you know, shit like that. Whatever they were on, the monsters. Yep, go ahead. So what would you, because this is what I, let's reverse this and say, okay, you and I, we're radio stars, but we're giving right. this opportunity for a TV show. So we have Joe Piscopo on, let's not even get into the set and the costumes, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we have three former stars. Right. So what do you do with them? You have Joe Piscopo sit down for two minutes to shit on him that he's not Eddie Murphy. And then you have some. And also, and also, and also that he left his wife and kid three or four times during the same, I don't know, 10 minute stretch where you couldn't shut up about it. That's all you had to say about him. Right. So what would you do with these three stars and Joe Piscopo? If this right. is what you had as the talent on Fillmore. First of all, if I were, if I had those three people, those three guys coming in, I would be talking to them about their experiences on the shows. I'd be talking to them about their coworkers and like people like whoever they were, they, they were bigger stars on the show. Talk about them, ask about them, ask about the business, ask about, you know, um, uh, you know, encounters with other directors or celebrities, whatever. Now, okay. In 1987, you're dealing with way older, um, you know, generation of people that know the references, but it's irrelevant whether it was 40 years ago, 20 years ago, go for the, the more interesting stuff. Now you're just going to come on and have debase them for what? 
Right. So you would just do the low IQ thing and just point out, oh, they used to be really famous. Let's have a segment called A Star is Born Again and just point out that every what everyone knows, the obvious, that they used to be famous, really famous. Right. Oh, right. that sounds like a good idea. Right. And <laughs> Let's the point out the that... most obvious thing and, and then not do anything be... with it. And the fact is they're on a not show. They're on a thing that's planning to be a show, but it doesn't even get aired. So they've debased themselves for nothing. I mean, they might've got bus fare. I don't know uh, if that, but they'd be New York based people. So now grandpa Al Lewis was on the show and he would be at the FCC rally, uh, whatever the 1980s, I think 1987, he was on the show anyway. So it wasn't like a big stretch to get him on. Yeah, and that was depicted in private parts as well at the end. Yes, absolutely. ...on television right now, their careers are done. <laughs> but you, the audience, has to guess who's worse off. Yeah. And, and look how stiff he is. He, he looks like he's he's being held up by, like, a fucking... Like, you know you know those things those guys use to move refrigerators? The shove, like, the shove the right. thing in his back. He's like... He's right, like, like, a, a, a... like Silence of the Lambs. He looks <laughs> like, you know, when they bring him out with the fucking muzzle... <laughs> yeah, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Senator, love your suit. Maybe we can resurrect their career. Yeah, and that's the uh, whole idea of this. Our first guest is Billy from Father Knows Best. You Billy might remember him. Oh, Take a look at this. Take a look at this. You'll remember. Now it's time oh, for now Billy, it's Gray. Gray. Billy Gray. Okay. Billy, get out here, you maniac. He's wearing the puffy shirt. Uh, <laughs> Sam's just trying to get her mouth agape. <laughs> oh, God. This is one you where I really wish we could do like a split screen and you can watch it. We you know, In the future, we may do that. But Sam's reactions Jake, are funny. Jake, Jake said to me, he goes, that's my um, gay best friend. He goes, seriously, you guys need to do a show where they just have you and your reactions during this because it's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Are we going to introduce all three? All right, let's yeah. meet our next contestant. Oh, what else? What, what are you supposed to do? Just bring the other two in and let's get the other two shitheads in. <laughs> are we uh, going to bring them in? Who's coming in? What bit are we doing? Is Jerry Hall coming in? <laughs> who's not coming in? Who, who do I want on the show so I could talk about that and make you guys feel like shit? I'm sweating to death in this leather mummified fucking costume look at this costume yeah. i mean you know you remember the missy elliott uh music video where she's super she's dressed in a garbage bag in the 90s i mean do you know <laughs> how hot that back. must have been and oh, uncomfortable God, black, black leather with studio lighting yeah we were talking about this in the first half as well it was like hot as hot as shit in uh in normal circumstances but then you add animal skin to the fucking body and oof <laughs> and Stop. wig. We're, talk we're talking bestiality, guys. Contestant is Grandpa Al Lewis. From the yeah! Grandpa! Grandpa! Okay, go ahead, Sam. I loved the monsters when I was yeah. growing up. I, like I said before, my parents were weird and they um, didn't really have us watch like TV shows when we were young. And so 
they picked what we could watch like for an hour and it would be stuff out Nick at night. So the monsters was one of the shows my sister and I really like we love the monsters. It was mm-hmm. I thought it was the funniest fucking show. I loved well, just, I loved everything about it. I did. Well, just, I love when they would dust and put dust on things. I just <laughs> Which it was a great show. So when you were uh, when your parents uh were, would you say they weren't about current shows like they wouldn't allow you to watch whatever was going on or was it more like they wanted you to watch these older things? Were they t- kind of pushing you girls to so we had a TV limit time. So we knew about like current shows that I mean, sure. like, like I said, the OJ Simpson trial, when that was going on, that was like a every day we had no choice. We had one TV in the house. And that's like, oh, hey, a murder trial when you get off the bus. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that's a normal uh, Buffalo, uh, cool. Buffalo childhood. Sounds, sounds fine. I mean, okay. so weird. But I do know it was we could have if we wanted to watch current tv shows so we would pick snick on saturdays which was like a nickelodeon thing and then we would pick a tgif fridays but any other day during the week my parents would suggest and say these are these shows like i love lucy i dream of genie bewitched the monsters um all in the family as we got a little bit older uh these are shows that we want you to watch and because we really didn't know any better and we thought they were really great we would watch them and -hmm. if we didn't get our homework done and didn't have enough time to watch the shows we would vhs them so we have a lot of vhs tapes of i love lucy and stuff still sure because i'd want to be like if it was a two-parter i'd want to know like what happened on the road trip in Hollywood or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. yeah so the Monsters was a fave because I just find it amazing that for your age you were w- so well versed in some of these fuck you had no yeah you had no business knowing and I what I love Lucy was like well, be realistic parents, I know but I'm telling you since the time I could remember knowing TV I've known old shows because of my parents and movies what? like we would have um you know, like a movie night uh, once a week. So my parents would pick things like Rocky or um, Back to the Future or we would do Hitchcock, like huge on Hitchcock. So Rear mm-hmm. Window, The Birds, yeah. a lot of those films. And then my dad and mom really liked Cecil B. DeMille movies. So oh, we yeah. did like The Ten Commandments, Ten Commandments Spartacus, yeah. Spartacus. And, you know, all well, those. And I was uh, even... Um, the one with Sidney Poitier, uh, we watched. I forgot what well, that one's called. With the... Did you did you see the greatest story ever told? I have never seen that. Oh, okay, you're missing out. And uh, well, there's there's um, so and your parents are not old. That's the thing. Your folks are not old old parents. It's not like they no. were you know stuck in a time capsule and they just turned off TV after a certain point. Said no, you're only watching Rhoda. <laughs> you're only right. watching you know Maude. I appreciate it now and you know I love that we have that sense of music and TV and movies now that's sure that's a cool thing because I felt like when I went to high school especially Mm -hmm. that I was totally 
I mean, people in my high school didn't even know who Billy Joel was. I mean, they were like, who let the dogs out? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, this it helps you. This is what I've tried to, to explain to my was I was trying to explain to some of my nieces and nephews. I go, whatever songs you hear now, and this is I'm sorry for this little diversion guys but we we have that we don't do this very often so bear with us if you listen to whatever modern music there is you can they're most likely photocopies of photocopies of photocopies of original bands and once you start getting into the roots of where the music comes from you really start thinking less a little less of the latest band because you're like well this isn't this is not the roots this is not original it might you be unique, that- it might be you know but and it doesn't mean it's bad it's just you, when you get, you can't compare like, I don't know, Rival Sons to Zeppelin. I like Rival Sons, but they're no Zeppelin. You can't compare, you know, uh, any of these sort of mod, like the Killers or any of these newer bands to bands that they were, uh, you know, influenced by. My dad says that all the time. He can't stand newer stuff. And he always shows my daughter, especially when he takes her after school, she'll just start singing songs like old I don't know, 60 song. I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck do you know this song? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know what? It's, it'll serve her in good stead because at the end of the day, she's just saving time looking back in the future when she's older. She's like, where is this? She'll know all about it. She won't have to go, I know what's Three Dog Night. I, I don't know. So, anyway, uh, let's continue with Grandpa Al. I'm not accepting no apologies from the FCC. All right, sir. And our third guest. Our third guest, you might remember him, Mason Reese from the... What did he do? He did commercials. <laughs> Little Mason Reese who did commercials. Remember when he was a child actor? Morgus Ford. Here's Mason Reese. Get out here, you party Woohoo. Oh, my God. He was totally... Probably molested in some Hollywood sideshow party for sure. Oh, oh man, well, he, he, he was being. You think he was dumped into midget tossing? Oh my God, <laughs> Louis B. Mayer probably threw a fucking orgy and had him just like a beach ball. <laughs> well, the uh, yeah, you, God, the stories of old Hollywood, like the debauchery. Uh, he, me too would be nothing compared to what what it would have been like in the fifties or forties. And, and and oh, you know. they were just cranking. I mean. If I'd say, guys, go um, at, do a Netflix documentary. I got to recommend this one. Wait, hold on, Fillmore. Can you write down yep. the time? Yeah. <laughs> we looked it up, actually, guys. And Mason Reese was uh, he was he was really a, a commercials he was famous for commercials more than anything but he had a couple businesses open and close in New York City um in the mid 2010s so um he's still and he's still alive 55 he might probably do comic cons and stuff like that but god only knows uh, uh he has a youtube <laughs> channel yeah, <laughs> I we just <laughs> checked it out but we're not going to go any further than that you're going to have to go into that wormhole yourselves so um, and, uh, I will say, yeah. if you wanna if you wanna look up how shitty Hollywood was to people, Go ahead. Um, Netflix documentary Bombshell: The Hedy Lamar Story, fantastic. Oh, I so. gotta check that one out for sure. Now, I think we know the winner. 
Ew. I'm not going to ask Mason when the last time he had a woman was. Uh, Mason, we're going to start with Billy first. Yes, Billy. Now, Billy, man, you've had a heck of a career since five of those best. Now, his actual credits, by the way, we looked it up. Billy Gray's credits stop around 1980, and thankfully, his TV credits don't list this. So, but you know <laughs> he, what, Kilmer, uh, you're right. This is so stupid. Like, and yeah. we said, so obvious. Oh, you're not famous anymore. Who's the least famous? Let's embarrass these people, even though we're on an embarrassing show. Oh, right. no wonder why this bullshit didn't get picked up. Well, it's not likable, first of all. Like, you're going after, you're going, it's like a freak show or something. So, and the other thing is, he, guys, in, I'd say, what, 2008, 2009, he had Hansi come in for this, the biggest loser contest, whatever. And then he had, but he had Pete Best, Brian Dunkelman, and uh, I can't remember who the third person was judging. But either way, it was, oh, Scott the Engineer. I'm like... Pete Best probably made more millions off that fucking Beatles anthology than, you know, you can imagine. So it's not like, and, and Brian Dunkelman, I'm sure he has some work somewhere going on, but like, so I don't know. Who, you, I just, so I just, not, not to say that I, this? hold on, hold on, hold on. Not to say that I don't think you could get some entertainment value over child stars, ex child stars, you know, but it's, there's a, I don't know, more compassionate way to do it. In fact, in a way that is more interesting. That's all like it be basically it's showing that in the 20 years since he didn't learn anything. He's still going after this fucking angle. Cause that's where his mind works. Let's make people feel like shit. Well, even if you're going to debase a child star and that's mm -hmm. the whole concept you could, and you can't do it in a funny way. Right. Why even do it? That's the point. So my, thing is is who came up with this bit like where did you think this was going to go hey guys sure. here's this here's the suggestion yeah. we're going to have these three child stars who agreed to be on our program what are we going to do with them let's just say they're not famous anymore and laugh yeah I mean, we're not not necessarily child stars okay guys we're getting we just we just lumped them all in we're talking about x people that had some kind of a career but then it you know fizzled to nothingness so bear you know <laughs> give us a break what, but the idea of they're going to come on and then what basically prove to you that make you feel like you're a bigger star. That's basically what I'm getting from this. That's the only reason to have them on is to make himself feel like he's hot shit. So like you said, why wouldn't you bring them each out individually and talk about the decline of their career, how that sure. happened, maybe Absolutely. get some dirt. Yeah. No, we're just going to do this dumb shit freak show. I mean, yeah. I can go to a fair and get a better show when you pay a goddamn quarter and they say, look at the smallest horse or the smallest woman. I'm not even joking. Well, forget about this. What about Piscopo? He has Piscopo on, but he doesn't ask him about SNL. What was it like there, you know, in the trenches because SNL was kind of in the shitter. Um, you know, it was, that was the lean time. The eighties were not a good time for SNL, just much like a lot of now. most of the years of SNL. Yeah, exactly. And so, no, it's, it's this one note, one note, like, kind of approach and and you, you when you see it you go i don't know how this guy i think it was i can't remember who was in our facebook group said watching the earlier stuff especially i don't know how he managed to have a career howard i don't understand how people didn't say this guy's stupid and annoying i'm like well this the country got dumber and more vulgar just in time for him to rise with the shit i feel 
like I have a lot of friends who listen to my podcast, our podcast, I'm sorry, and mm-hmm. watch now these clips with Howard and the TV stuff when I say mm-hmm. that. And they all say, how did this person become famous? I don't get it. I'm like, I don't get it. Standards were standards were far lower for the bar to be set. Um, and also, and I said to someone else, he, he rose, he smartly aligned himself with Dice and Kinnison and then the rock and roll kind of thing, even though he was about as rock and roll as fucking bread. And, um, he, he just sort of attached himself to the right things at the right time and then discarded them and went with something else. Yep. You also have to take into account, and I, I, I do remember having this conversation with Jake, like how did this even, how would you even approach this as a TV show? And I said, you don't even understand like the 70s TV, like, okay, at least there were some good plot lines. But in the 80s, they went for this thing where it was like gimmicks, like cute kids were a thing. Like, let's just base. They even had, uh, they were talking about on Jim and Sam. And I remember this, they would have toys out and they would make the toy and then they would build a TV show around a toy for kids to buy like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers or whatever the fuck it was. So the 80s was a bad time for TV. I mean, awful. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd go that far. There were far some good there things, were, there, there but were I'm some saying really good stuff, but... there was a lot of shit thrown against the wall during this time where it was oh, like, yeah. we're just going to have a premise of cutesy kids and... Mm-hmm see where it goes and i, I mean it was hate, weird i always i always hated that angle because it worked so well for those execs in the 70s with certain shows like bond the the partridge family or whatever i mean it it, it was a gimmick you're right but anyway so it, it, it what what would someone else do with these guys he would make them interesting johnny carson had the fucking chip lady in <laughs> and oh he made... my god i love that clip i rewatched that clip i think once a year i'm not even joking you Oh, easily. Yeah. Because the stuff holds up. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, man, it, it, there's a reason why this stuff never made it to air and I'm still amazed it's on YouTube and gets, I think it's just the curiosity factor that people watch this horrible stuff now. I mean, we'll do it to hate listening, hate watching as the case may be. Let's continue. What have you done? You were addicted to drugs. That was the thing. The drug, the whole drug incident was, uh, what happened? No, 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 no. I wasn't addicted to drugs. The, the. The law is wrong about drugs, let's face it. They, they tried to, uh, to, to have prohibition on alcohol, it didn't work. Yeah. They're trying to have prohibition on all these other drugs. It's not going to work now either. All it does is make the, the guys who are criminals make more money. So uh, my theory is that the, the criminals and the politicians are in league. Yeah. And so that they can keep the money up. If they legalize it, nobody makes any money. Then you can spend the money they're now Thank spending. God. Thank God we finally have a candidate besides Gary Hart we can all believe in. <laughs> Now, well, what happened? I know that, like, after you got busted, busted. Everybody busted. Busted. I found some seeds and stems in my car. Seeds and stems? That's all I found. Uh, it's a month at all. Debris, debris, yeah, it I was see called. Some seeds and stems. Who found it? The cops just pulled you cops over? Cops just pulled me over, smelt. Uh... Did they recognize that it was you? I don't think so. No. They didn't know. So they pull you over, check your license, they see that you got some seeds and stems, and they threw you in jail, right? They did, in fact. And oh. did you get convicted? Yes, one to ten. Really? How long did you do? 60, let's see. 60 years, my God. (laughs) So, and this was common back then, guys, getting busted for pot. Jesus Christ. Loads of people. I'm pretty sure Abby Hoffman, uh, no, 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 was it Abby Hoffman? I can't remember, but uh, pot was such a huge offense way back when. 
Pot, like, so when pot back in the day, I think it was Hendrix got busted in Toronto for pot international see international arrests were kind of big back in the day. Um, also Paul McCartney in Japan, maybe in Tokyo in the seventies uh, for having a, you know, illegal substance. It, it was, it was kind of normal to get in trouble for pot way back when it's kind of funny now that it's so legal in so well i don't know what states it's legal but in canada it's perfectly legal and legal um everywhere if everyone smoked pot over everything else everyone would be a lot fucking happier yeah or edibles whatever i agree completely i'm not even and i've never was a pot person i'm not i'm still not a a, a fucking drug person at all but uh, i have a feeling you know I, I would enjoy edibles if they were legal anyway uh let's continue that's great but you know, look at Grandpa Al Lewis and look at that face. <laughs> I don't think there's too many Othello roles there. He looks like what Howard's going to look like in just another couple years if he lets his baldness shine. They do. They could. They that, could be family. <laughs> I love that Grandpa Al though. Like really, with all the makeup and the monsters, he looks the same. Yeah. Grandpa Alus looks exactly like what Howard's going to look like in, I don't know, what he would look like if he let his hair go gray and stuff. But I love the fact that he's looking at, he, when Howard's like criticizing him, he's like, in his mind, he's going, look at you, you fuck. I, I know. I mean, if you took off the sunglasses, the wig, the scarves, the bullshit, he would be Ben Stern yeah. and Al, Grandpa Al. He would be Grandpa Al and Ben combined. Grandpa, seriously, man, where'd you get that bad bow tie? You know, what happened to you? I'm doing a centerfold for GQ. Hey, what happened to you? The only thing that I know is that you told me you told me backstage you were an admitted homosexual. You did? You did? Never admit that. What are you? You don't admit that? No, I did. I admitted it to my children, but not to you. What happened? No, really. What happened to you? That where? Where'd you disappear? To me? What do you mean? What? Howard's Howard's leaning in like he's all in. What he's really fascinated with this. Go figure. Remember when Jake was saying to you like how it's projection of I think he his whole life had so many opportunities to just come out and that's why he's so fascinated with this stuff. And it's incredible now even to look back on this like oh so the first thing he says is so you're a homosexual you're a <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing else you want to talk to him about? Nothing at all. You're acting, the, yeah. the co-stars, what it nothing. was like. Right. Happened to me. I mean, where, where are you we? Been? A memorial? I mean, what is this here? Did you get busted? What happened to me? Cemetery? No, where have you what been? What are you talking about? We where haven't have I been? seen you in a while. You haven't seen me? Yeah, what have you been I'm doing? On, what are you talking about? I'm on every morning really? at 9 o'clock on Channel 11. What are you talking about? Good. That's funny. You should take over the show. <laughs> I know. You Fox should have looked at this and said, "Hey, we should have Grandpa L on the show. This should be the show. It should be the Grandpa L Lewis show. That would here's have been a, awesome." Here's the other. Here's the thing. Also, I notice with Billy, with Grandpa Al, and I'm sure with Mason Reese. They all have way more confidence, obviously, being on camera. And you think? <laughs> well, yeah, no, but you it's 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 so fucking palpable that that it, it's it's almost it's actually 
I feel bad for Howard in a way. It's like throwing a, a fucking baby giraffe in a lion cage and just saying, you know, here, here's your, here's your meal. <laughs> Don't give them raw meat. Give them something live. And it's, he's hapless. Like he's really, really, really out of his element completely. And I think with TV, especially he, ne- he really just should have given it up. He just should have stayed a radio guy. Well, this is why I don't feel bad for him. Okay. It's because he kept trying and he knew from TV appearances, from guest spots, he knew he shouldn't be on television. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so obvious that he's not yes. comfortable with it. So right. if he, this was his first time ever on camera and trying something, I'd say, okay, I give him a little bit of slack. But he That's knows right. what it's like. And on top of it, he's shitting on people who have been on TV most of their life. Yes. And, and, and I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the real embarrassment? Okay, like Billy talking about his, his arrest and doing whatever, three years equivalent in, in jail for pot possession or whatever. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's embarrassing. I mean, yeah, I guess, but... Not really. It's not like he committed some major crime. It's just he was overcharged for, he was over, he, he was given a, a stiff sentence for what was normal back then. But, um, the idea that like these, I, I'm just, I'm just here's flabbergasted. What, here's, what, here's what I'm, I have to go back in the, my mindset. Cause I sometimes think of this like in terms of now. So right. if I go back in my head and I think about, right. oh, like, um, when I would stay home from sick from school and I would watch Sally, Jesse Raphael, or I would watch Ricky Lake or, you know, the talk shows that Jenny yeah. Jones, whatever Jenny it was Jones, yeah. yeah, there was nothing that much better. I should say that was on quality wise when it came to these sort of, um, I don't know, talk shows okay. that he's trying to do, I think. Mm-hmm. So if I go back that far, right. this is still really bad, though. So even if it was back then, yes, there were things that were still bad that were on for long periods of time. Yeah. But the hosts were comfortable. So mm-hmm. you, Jerry Springer was comfortable. Jenny Jones was comfortable. Oprah Maury certainly was comfortable. comfortable. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So these were people, even though they hosted a whole bunch of trash on TV every yeah. day, every right. week, they seemed comfortable. So the audience went along with it because they ushered that craziness right. because they were comfortable. Howard, right. you're ushering in a freak show or you're ushering in a sideshow, but you don't look comfortable. So why would the viewing audience be comfortable if you're not even comfortable ushering this in? It's just like, and I'm going to give a nod to my, my, one of my favorite comedy albums, Dice Clay. Dice Clay did an album called The Day the Laughter Died, which is, I've memorized. I could do it verbatim. Everything from the audience noise, the volume, everything. Um, the walkouts. He had no material. He went to Dangerfields for Christmas like uh, right before new year's in 89 and right after having sold out the garden two nights or something like that and said they we're going to do a live after show album basically. And mm-hmm. there's no audience. There's like 18 people in the audience and he's cursing them out and he has no nothing and he's comfortable. Why? Because he's got about a fucking decade worth of being on stage in front of him, like, like in his, in his pocket. So Wiggy at this point, He's too concerned with what he looks like, even though he knows he looks like shit. So instead of just going with the idea of, okay, I know I look like shit, but here I am. I'm on TV. Now let's get this done. 
because he has zero confidence in himself. And this is the other thing. He's an idiot. He has these people on and he's going down one avenue and they're like, he can't banter. As this guy uh, in our uh, Facebook group, Nelson says, he's, and he's spot on. He never learned the art of conversation because he's never cared about what the other person has to say. He just wants his own shit out, confirm yes or no, and then move on. He's never listening. And he always um, answers questions that aren't open-ended, that they require just, yeah, a yes or no answer. So (laughs) he's he's an idiot. (laughs) And like I said, so how does it work for people who are not even famous? Like you're going to bring on who's the father or you're going to bring on um, I'm addicted to drugs or you're going to bring on these strangers on a talk show. How does that do better than this with actual star power? This is how they're comfortable in who they are. That's right. So They're ushering this type of conversation to the audience and the viewers and they're not making you feel like uh what the fuck am i doing what am i looking at what is this why are you you worried about your outfit and how does my hair look and sunglasses no sunglasses who the fuck is co-host at this point if you brought in the either of the olsen twins when they were like fucking six they'd have more confidence on camera than him true yeah so it's it's really it's sad in a way And what they're reacting to, of course, is Grandpa Al's confidence because he's not taking shit and he's a hard ticket and he's a character. (laughs) And look at him grabbing the wig. Look at the, look at that. (laughs) Scream. (laughs) Look at that. Holy shit. Yeah. It's going to be a fucking anarchy riot in two seconds. Yep. And he's, and he's clearly uncomfortable. What is it? I mean, I don't watch Channel 11 Saturday mornings. I prefer our channel, what Channel 5. Morning, every day. What Saturday morning? Every morning. Every morning. You don't have a fucking channel. He's <laughs> You're hoping... sweating. Oh, yeah. He's grabbing that fucking awful, I don't know. Is Lectern. that a. <laughs> I... It's, it's like a bad 90s island. He's humping it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you've been doing the rerun thing. Yeah. But you don't get paid residuals, right? That was sure, I do. No, you, you do? don't. Oh, I'm good. Have him on and ask him about his Sorry. money. I, yeah. I can't even feel more. I can't. I can't do this. Well, we Just... got to. We got to. We're going to have this fucking guy on who's a brilliant actor and funny. We're going to say, oh, what do you make? You don't make residuals, do you? No, I do. No, you don't. Oh, this is good. Remember early on in the podcast, I showed you that I uh, played that clip of um, uh, no, I I didn't play the clip of uh, Eugene Levy doing that character who just asks people about how much things cost. Yes. Uh, it's called Money Talks, and <laughs> he's going, um, uh, uh, did this cost a lot of money? Let's <laughs> end with that. <laughs> Maybe we will. And he goes, um, uh, how much money does that magazine make? Yeah, for residuals. Residuals? Yeah, really. About four thousand a week. Four thousand a week. That is the filthiest lie I've ever heard. That's got to be a lie. Because didn't, didn't they stop giving residuals out on television? No, no. It depends on the deal that you negotiate. Yeah, but you haven't been working or anything, so all you're doing sure, is I work. Where I work, work all the time. What oh, this is doing? interesting. This is great. I, I yeah. fucking want to punch him in the face. Well, I'm fascinated with what Grandpa Al has to say. I just wish he was be, be given a chance to say it. Wiggy's cutting him off. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm fuck so him. Search for tomorrow. Yeah, I three did. days on a so. Uh, what? Three months. Three months. What three days? <laughs> three months. I guess it was. What the no, heck no, are no. you talking about? I don't think I Billy's laughing at you right money. now. <laughs> Billy's laughing at you. <laughs> now it, this is also what I realized when I knew why I didn't realize it. We know it. He flies by the seat of his pants all the time. When he remember when he was talking about doing private parts and he would talk to let's say Betty Thomas would say no she goes go, I'm just gonna improvise and I'm gonna he can't improvise. <laughs> what was that line Johnny Carson said he couldn't improvise a fart at a baked bean dinner? That he's the exact same. He's the exact same as in that sense. He cannot it's whatever's in his fucking head, which is very little, and there's no notes in front of him. There's I mean, there's no one feeding him anything saying, look, you to ask him about this, ask him about that. No, it's what he wants to do. What little is in his fucking brain and it comes out and it shows. And, and that's leaving the likability, lack of likability aside. It's the lack of ability that he has that's being shown here for full on full display. Sam. And we are on a pilot episode that's not even been picked up yet. Right. You're choosing to degrade people who are deigning to go on your show that have had Hollywood success or television success for years. Yeah. And this is what you're doing with right. them. I would have fucking reached. If I were Al Lewis, I would have reached across the table and smacked him in the face. <laughs> He's probably about to. one has got to be better, man. He's already been persecuted. All right, let's get to Mason because we're running out of time. Okay. Now, Mason, Jesus Christ got busted. What are you right, talking about? You right, can ask him, well. what is he doing yeah. lately? Mason, what about you, I like man? you. You did a bunch of commercials. You did like your parents, me. Did your parents I like you. Let's move. <laughs> I think he should win. Did your parents save the uh, money from all those commercials? Yeah, Howard, everything was put away in a so trust fund. you are fund. independently wealthy. Now. I'm doing pretty well. You yeah. are. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so we are going to have these three people on that used to be famous, but maybe you forgot about them. And we're just going to ask them what, what their money status is. Yeah. What, what, how much more of a well, stereotype do you want to look like, Howard? <laughs> no offense. Did, did, you mention, did you mention before, I know you did actually in a previous podcast, how you said it was very distasteful in your family to discuss money with anybody that, you know, just in general. Like you don't ask people about their Ever. finances. Ever. Right. Ever. So, and to go after it and then to be so, I don't discuss my, how much I make and all this bullshit is it, number one, first of all, it looks awful. And second of all, you think people don't know you're a hypocrite for not doing it. I mean, I never found it. I also never found it amusing when people, I didn't mind when people discussed their deals. I found it fascinating from the perspective of behind the scenes in the business, but I never thought it made for great conversation. My family was Sorry. so, um, we not only were money, you never talked about how much people made or about money, but the mistake I made once when I was young, when my grandpa would always just like give me $5 pretty much every time he saw me Sure. and we saw each other all the time, but you know, it would be sometimes or once in a while or yeah. just whatever. And one time I said, no, Papa, you don't have to do that. And my grandma grabbed my wrist and she goes, you never refuse money. But again, these are conversations that are uncomfortable. So why would you start a pilot talk show that you want to be on national television and talk about uncomfortable shit like this? Because most of the people in the world feel this way. Yeah. 
but but also like why not ask them just just like I said ask them about their experiences it's really really funny like bad funny that he no, wouldn't even what go do you mean do you have a nickel you got a dime in your pocket <laughs> buffalo what are you nickel. carrying a quarter not right now what have you been doing though you haven't been even dating any women have you no you no. haven't been working <laughs> neither of you Howard and that oh, goes to... let's talk like this. This is gonna get me on the air. We're gonna not... yeah, well, you yeah. have a women. You don't have money. Kermit, Kermit, is, Kermit, Kermit is in full effect. No, but I got uh, I got the penthouse pet. I got her phone number though. All right. So, so I'm hoping to go out with her pretty soon. All right. I well, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to vote. We're going to vote. Everybody. Vote. Who is the hardest luck story? Who has the hardest luck story? All right. And That's the criteria. So what are they voting on? There's nothing. There's nothing been established that their lives are so shitty. All they did, they just barely skimmed anything. Yes, Sam. Wh- Wait a minute. So this is. A segment we're going to vote who's the hardest luck story. And all you did was say, what have you been doing? Got any money? What have you been doing? Money? Money? Got a, sh- got a shekel, motherfucker? I mean, what are you doing? It was you know not what? Everyone should so. vote for and they should say it's you. You're going to yeah. be the hard story. Goodbye. When this, when this doesn't get picked up. And Robin, <laughs> you're going to be the hard luck story when you try to get a talk show again that we still yeah. need to find the pilot for. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. Anybody in the business, please, please, please. Anybody who used to work at Sirius, please find us a fucking copy of that. No one needs to know. Just just put it in a fucking unlisted, you know, whatever, with no return address, envelope. You please know. do. All I can promise you is if you mail us these pilots or DM us, Robin's pilots. We will do it justice. We'll oh, make big. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll make it swing. <laughs> folks. Yeah. All right. Billy. <laughs> Remember, hard luck story, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, that went well. Yeah. Mason. Yeah. Hey. Well, he looks like our winner. God bless you, Grandpa. You you read our minds. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say. I wish the audience would just pan over to him, and they did. Oh, that's fantastic. It's By like a way, freak, when you hit the belt, like when you hit the hammer on the thing, and yeah. it goes up really high. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. By the way, guys, I did not. I can I, I must be the first to uh, admit I did not watch this. I wanted to be kind of more surprised because I'd seen the first ten minutes of this particular pilot, but I'd not seen and I read the run through uh, from the Colford book, but I never actually saw this segment in its entirety. So I'm watching it now for the first time, and so I'm not. I, we didn't know that that was going to happen with Grandpa Al. I certainly didn't. And, I didn't um, either because I didn't yeah. watch the whole thing. And he, man, he really should have been given his own fucking game show, Grandpa. He should have been He's something. Fantastic. Really, really good. Billy Gray had the hardest luck story, didn't he? That's right. Because and no, it's you. The winner of the contest. Yeah. Billy. Are you going to fly me back to L.A. first class? Yeah. Not, uh, only, that, not only that. Billy gets to make another appearance on the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which never happens. Go ahead, yeah. 
Oh my God. Billy gets to make another appearance on the first show. This is like Billy Madison. Billy passed the third grade. Oh, what a wonderful day. You know, Adam Sandler some props because he's, we've done, you've done an Adam Sandler reference at least like every oh, he's my, seven I love, episodes. I, 90s Adam Sandler is my fucking jam. Your, I love it. That was your, that was your zeitgeist. Yeah. <laughs> rough, it's a preschool circle time song <laughs> holy shit holy shit let's oh everybody uh twinkle twinkle little star or uh, let's do knock knock peeking open the door and what and what is your name howard Stanger. we have another guest coming up good now, this guest was supposed to be, you know, someone who would just knock your socks off. Right. A real bombshell. Beautiful. Somebody who was slinky and sexy. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. What <laughs> 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 if it was just fucking Orlando Bloom on a paddleboard? <laughs> Full fucking half a heart on. <laughs> uh. They fucking, oh. Guess what? Katy Perry, she's coming out in that mom bikini. We're going to put her head on a guillotine. <laughs> Howard, you get to pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Every fucking, uh, and guys, visually, you know, it, it is, uh, I recommend oh, any, but anybody air. listening, by the way, anybody listening to the podcast, which is, we're, if you're not already on our Podbean or Spotify, whatever, whatever provider you're using, please go to our YouTube channel and uh, subscribe because <laughs> when we do these uh, rare, well, it was so semi rare video walkthroughs, as good as they might be on the, in the listening side, you have to really watch them. There's just no <laughs> substitute. <laughs> we also yeah. add quite a few little elements as Sam will tell you from she, having previewed some of the first, first half. Anyway. I just want to gouge your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. We use this show basically to network me with a whole bunch of beautiful women. That's right. The kind of people you'd like to meet. That's right. Uh, and so we got Jerry Hall. Right. <laughs> now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Jerry canceled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like her anyway. just a leech off of Mick Jagger. <laughs> and again, I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to bring up SCTV because I'm such a fucking diehard. <laughs> William B. Williams goes, tries to do his own show, and then the first guest cancels. So all he's got is this old fucking songwriter. I use you've seen me use that clip of Martin Short falling off the first step, and there's a key grip coming behind him to push him back up. His body's leaning back. <laughs> anyway, and the show's a failure. His he runs out of the curtain, he runs into the camera and knocks it, knocks it over and shit. This is exactly what Wiggy's show is like. If he were at the Apollo, he would have been fucking beaten <laughs> with the get off the stage game. <laughs> if it was vaudeville yeah he would have been to the hook would have been dragged off so now he's going to shit on jerry hall after plugging i don't know six times is she going to be on robin i de think she's definitely on yes um, howard she's coming on know, i've never had any tv experience but i've learned about you know in my life when i've seen television and when something doesn't work live you just move on yes or you could do this like <laughs> 
you could have a zit on pitcher day and point to the zit in the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened. She had a conflict, a scheduling conflict, or something. Oh, the hell with her. She's a dumb. She's dumb, and she's from Texas, man. It is. Fillmore, I'm sorry. I heard two adjectives to describe Jerry Hall. She's dumb and dumb, dumb yeah. and dumb, which makes yeah. you very smart, Howard, because you named two adjectives, but they're the same. <laughs> Well, that's that BU uh, remedial reading uh, class uh, taking full hold over his uh, over his intellect. So let's keep going. This is and so look, so a guest well, that was supposed to come in is canceled. Oh God, yeah. But this is the other thing we just talked about it. So she didn't come in, and so you decide to film anyway. You have no plan B. Plan B is no. to hear just shit on her. I and think film the it? plan was to properly um sweat the rug on his head correctly so after this is over the janitor can come by put it on his mop and properly clean up that stage <laughs> i smell a photoshop you don't cancel because you get paid back well then i'm glad to have you so we have another you can't guest. do that to me all right what what, what is this a death who is just as wonderful, Good. just as talented, and just as clever, and she's going to be a mystery guest. You don't know who it is, right. so we need to blindfold you. Super, and, and put those, uh, thank you. <laughs> and, uh, Go ahead, Sam, you, you, you wanted to say. So, oh, but you just get paid. What is this, like a dentist appointment when you cancel, but if you cancel the day of, you don't get paid? I mean, that's... <laughs> That's important. Well, I like the idea. Jerry Hall's coming in. She's not coming in. We have a replacement. Okay. So why announce that she's coming in and then she cancels in the middle of and or whatever the fucking thing? Or is that the whole gig? Is that the is that the joke? We're gonna say she's coming in, but she doesn't, and we have a mystery guess. Is that the hook? I I'm a loser, so <laughs> so so are the Fox execs who had to sit through this. Oh, thanks, Jackie. Uh, and Patty Duke <laughs> All right. All right. Put your blindfold on. All right. You can't see, can you? Uh, no, just a little bit. Oh, right. my <laughs> look at, look God. At that look at that muffin top. <laughs> I swear to God, that is like bro broccoli gone bad in your refrigerator. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> the queen of the similes <laughs> strikes again. Let's see if we can get a little further along in a bit or shout out. And our mystery guest. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Why is there someone going in the frame? Is that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that Rossi coming from the bathroom? Why is that? I mean, why is so Babaloo? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Well, again, two cameras, maybe. Two cameras tops, one of them situated somewhere and it shouldn't be. And of course, shitty editing and shitty direction and shitty fucking everything. Yeah. The mystery guest is oh, I see. I see. celebrated newspaper columnist and one of Howard's harshest critics. Yeah, go ahead. I have, 
I have when I'm looking at this and and she's coming into the set. You know, yeah. when you read those I spy books and it's just like a bunch of shit and you have to spy the thing like where's Waldo and it's just like things everywhere. The I spy books like I'm watching her walk in or the magic eye books where you have to cross your eyes and then uncross them to see yes, the image. Yes. The hidden this the 3D what, the 3D pictures or whatever. I swear to Christ, when she was walking out, I go, Oh my god, am I looking at a magic eye book? Or <laughs> what's going on? Well, and check out the shadows they're leaving, like in the background there. Like the lighting is they got six lights or whatever, like five four lights, and then that's all you're getting. I mean, I can tell you can tell it's low budget. I get it, guys. Um but, no, my point is like even if you're watching this and we don't even have to talk about how much money it is or what right, the set right. looks like, my uh, my eyeballs are like they start going like whoa, what, what, how do I, what am I looking at, what's going on? Well, no, but the thing is, the money is irrelevant if you look like you know what you're doing, and at no point does he ever know like like he knows what he's doing, and that's I think ultimately the takeaway from this. So the execs will be going, we're going to leave this guy in charge of a show. I mean, imagine what he smells like right now when she walks up to him. He's sweating. He has a fucking sweaty rug on his head. He's wearing leather. He's he's disgusting. He must smell like locks and fucking. He needs some mambo. <laughs> All right, now disguise your voice, Mister. I do Dad. smell a lot of. <laughs> smell vagina. Get me out of here. <laughs> 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 oh my lord, this is this is A-list as you get. He would recognize that immediately. Would you recognize my voice if I spoke to you like this? No, I don't recognize that voice. All right, now go ahead. He doesn't recognize Allison's voice when she talks to him. <laughs> with the question. Do I have I ever met you before? No, that's the problem. You wouldn't meet me face Oh, I know who this is. <laughs> it's in the app. That sounds exactly like <laughs> Wiggy. You wouldn't meet me face to face. Why would he meet any critic face to face? A fucking tape tough guy. You look good. You really do. You really do. Thanks. Thanks, Howard. My day is made. He criticizes her so much, and just like every Rishindine episode he does, the second this person's in front of his face, you look good. You, I've never meant anything I said, and you look good. And it's all yeah. about looks, and I'm I'm a fucking phony. Yeah, yeah. nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, and, and guys, yeah, we know. That's in Hollywood. It's, it's the land of phoniness. We get it. But no one, no one represents that more than Howard at this point. And when Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, when he, yeah, when he gets into the ass kiss mode, it's cringeworthy, especially given what he's said over the years for people. And he's called her a harpy and he's called her all kinds of horrible shit. The fact that she goes on the show is actually amazing to me because, uh, but it shows she's got more fucking testicles than he does. <laughs> you could, uh, You're gorgeous. You do look good. You really do. Well, I, I always wonder about this hair, if it was for real or not. He <laughs> 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 oh, just stepped in. You just Still stepped more. in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy that would go he would objection call times a th- oh guys if you don't think he wears a wig you're fucking retarded right i'm including that aforementioned uh gift the, the helmet weave that he admits to in the brenner interview 
and that brand new interview, the uh, appearance on the New York show. Yeah, um, it's amazing. <laughs> it's really, really amazing. And all those years, I, I'm sure some people had to have had it pegged way back when. What as a is fucking wrong wig. with us that we couldn't figure this out before we? Well, we're, but this is brainwashing. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's not be. even brain, it's not even brainwashing because I didn't see these until way later. First of all, and I never listened to the show until it was well into its because I could we couldn't get it in Canada, and then uh, I could only read about them or see it on the show. And the I e shows were asked my dad such a way. why. I gotta ask my dad. Like, do yeah, you absolutely. think you wore a wig back then? Like, what? I didn't. I've never asked him about that part of the show. I mean, right. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's it's insane. And to ask a woman of all of all people, like, if this is, is that, this is, is a wig, is that a wrong? I would have. Oh. I would have pulled his fucking hair off. I literally would have went just fucking grabbed it. He has and... threatened for people to do that. He said, "I pull the rug off of people, celebrities." And it's because he's projecting. So yeah. I, I hope, oh, he's not around people. He's now, you know, Howard, he, he is. He is really Howard Hughes. Absolutely. There's no, there's no getting Just at a that. lot uglier and stupider. You'd have to, you'd have to sniper shoot that fucking hair off. If I take it off, I'm about four foot six. Uh, <laughs> no, this woman, for those of you who don't know, this woman has said some really nasty things about me on television, man. Oh, quite... really? I'm feeling really bad for you. <laughs> What's your beef? You have trashed me. You have made Cindy burgers out of me. <laughs> hey, man. You, know, you are thing, just a second. First of all, you, go, you went on television. Never mind guest. Guest messed. I got to straighten this Don't out with you. Don't point that at me. It's got a nail on it. No, I know. <laughs> the, the thing is... It's got dried fucking Ralph semen on it. Go ahead. You know why the Fox show didn't pick this up besides being horrible? is because the audience isn't on Howard's side. Every time the audience has to side with somebody, it's with the guest. Right. They hate so him. why would you think that he's likable and can carry a show? Uh, it's I, this is why, guys, we're doing very soon. We're doing a uh, jump the shark episode, which, OK, yeah, it's not original. Well, what's original today, guys? Podcasts are not original. So but the um, we really want to get a sense of different people's point of no return where they decided, no, fuck it. I'm not subscribing anymore. I'm not listening. I'm not supporting. I'm throwing out my books, not because he has to, but because they're just awful and I can't stand it anymore. And it's long overdue. We've been doing this show now since February. And, uh, for a lot of people, I wonder even during this time when they would have just said, no, this guy's a phony. Had this been aired, had this actually succeeded enough to become a half a season, a full season. How many fans do you think he actually would have lost? I think it would have lost an incredible amount of fans if this would have actually came to air because it's 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 it's, it's, it's so unlikable. It's it, we run out of adjectives to say how awful it is, and the Fox guys, you know, as dumb as they were to give him to to offer a DJ who only had syndication and not syndication, he only had two markets. At that time, he was being, uh, he was being played in, and. But well, I want to challenge you a little bit. I think that sure. the jump the shark thing you said, oh well, how new is pod- podcasting? Isn't new, but we listen to our fans, and we listen to what we also we have our ideas for what we want to do, and we do them, <laughs> because obviously that's the point of having a show. But we also really appreciate fan input and i think that a lot of fans of ours who input this idea 
the idea behind it and how many great um, insightful comments were made when this idea was presented is why would we would do it. If it was just a baseless idea, we wouldn't even consider it. So I think we have a really smart audience and I, yes, I agree. I, I, I appreciate people for having their input. We might not always take it, but we definitely consider every one of our fans and what they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's in, in any event, I I'm fascinated to do that, that show. This is a little, I guess, pre-plugging preamble, um, because everybody has their own opinion of when they decided, no, this enough was enough. And a lot of people have the same opinion, but I'm really anxious to hear. And I'd like everybody to come up with like two personally, um, so that they can, it's, it's uh, one of those, it's one of those, uh, questions also that provides such a variety i'm always shocked at how many different answers you get from this and for me anyway for, uh, i know that we'll, we'll discuss it when we get into that but again so so here's a person calling him on it so you're right grandpa al lewis gets a bit be, a bigger as they say in the wrestling business pop than howard does right and that game show failed howard won <laughs> yeah he did win actually and then and by the way, guys, he's not doing all that horribly in 1987. He's, he's making six, he's making, he's a millionaire at that point. He's making lots of money. So the TV show is irrelevant. Uh, it would have made him a lot more had he got the, a, a gig, but you know, he didn't. And it, it was more than getting money. I mean, that was a part of it, but it was, he True. wanted to be a darling. He wanted to yeah. be in the world of the people so the he rallied against. And in that same Brenner interview, the, the no, sorry, the Good Day New York, whatever the fuck it was, um, he goes, "I'm trying to get on Carson." <laughs> that was the second time in '84 where he went on Letterman trying to get on Carson, and he was on that show. I'm really trying to get on the Tonight Show. I um, mean, he said the Today Show, then he said the Tonight Show. Yeah, we Johnny doesn't want you. Yeah, never did. Sir, the thing is, and, and I do appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I do. And you do Thank look you. damn good. I want good. you to know that I took my life in my hands. She I was, was so really terrified. No, because I thought this that... This guy is six foot five. He's got a seven foot three inch mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and I was uh, terrified. I'm at my height. I am, I am five three and three quarters. And no, but my... you think that, you know, that gossip column of yours in the New York Post entitles you to trash me like this. And me? Your fucking show entitles you to trash everybody, asshole. What in God's name would you... Why would you even go down this road? Really? It... How could you have a show like his that has trashed? He literally he has an unpaid intern to go on red carpets pre-security and just ask trash questions to celebrities. Absolutely. That was a segment. And then he spends his entire show mocking the Grammys, mocking the Academy Awards, which we loved. And that's all a part of it. But to turn it around and then say, well, you don't say nice things about me. Well, who the fuck cares? You don't say nice things about anyone. Do you know what I'm thinking? No, What's thank God mind? this didn't go to air. Because I'm yeah. telling you right now, Fillmore, if this went to air, if this yeah. pilot, if this show got picked up and went to air and he did this shit and said, oh, see, well, why do you say bad things about me? Every one of his fans would have realized he's a pussy. I Absolutely. think that. Yeah. And in that, again, thank that, God that, it did him a favor. The Fox he, pilots did you a favor. And he did Brenner, the execs, yeah, the, the, um, Brenner uh, Nightlife show, which we addressed in part one. Um, he was a guest on the show with Ray. And Ray goes the same thing she said. He's a wuss. And she shuts him down. Anybody gets in his face, he crumbles like fine powder. And 
that's not what you want in a host. That's not what you want in a fucking radio, whatever DJ, whatever the fuck. Yes, you know, this is bullshit and that's bullshit, but you don't want to ever think you're listening to someone who has no backbone whatsoever. And whenever he's confronted, he retreats like the little pussy he is. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's just a matter of was, enough people was, didn't honestly, see, enough people didn't hear it. That's all. This was a favor to his career. Because I'm telling yeah. you right now, if yep. this ever aired, it would have been over. You know, my, my example that I always think of in my head is when the last time Dice was in, around 96, when he called in and um, they started, they had their fight. Uh, because yep. he went on, he went on a show and he called him Rat Boy or something like that. Because Howard was trashing his show. Uh, and they wouldn't and let him talk. They potted him down and they, they over, they, they out volumed him is all they did. And the only reason they did that is because he could not win one-on-one with dice. No one could, nobody could like, they go, oh, Jackie won, Jackie won. No, 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 no. This no, listen to it very carefully. And I, I mean, I, I love Jackie. Don't get me wrong, but it's, it's like mice fighting men. It really, really is horrible. Trash, you you have control when you're in front of your microphone, and you were afraid that you wouldn't have control if a nice, sweet, gentle, loving soul such as myself. No wonder her husband was falling asleep at the Friars Club. He can't take it anymore. That was only because you were on, sweetheart. Let me tell you, I want to speak to him. I really just wanted to ask him nice, pleasant questions. Yeah. The truth is, I think you're semi-talented. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> That's something Bill Murray used to say. <laughs> Bill, Murray, Bill Murray used to say to people to piss them off, you go, average talent. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, let's keep going. Middle of the road. Satisfy you totally. <laughs> I don't know, but I could. Well, let me. <laughs> oh, that's a, like right in the gutter. Just staying in the fucking gutter. Uh, I could satisfy you. Um, I'm a gigantic <laughs> mess. I'm a tall, gigantic, insecure mess. I could satisfy you. Your exactly. penis probably is not even a fishing hook in front. Of, like, could be put on a fishing line in front of a woman. Get the fuck out of here. As long as Joe Piscopo's behind her, he might be able to achieve liftoff. But, uh, I wanted to ask. How you, about uh, let's let's see some nice things in your column about. Yeah, I was going to say now that you've let's I mean, see some nice things for your column. Why wouldn't you speak to me? I was very nice. Sometimes I get like overexposure. You know what I mean? I'm well, not... I remember. The... No, it's not that. Just because you're a coward and a pussy, that's the only reason you wouldn't confront someone that confronts you. He always hey, backs. I... I'm backing down right now, Robin. Um, you're black, and nobody can really say things to black people, or they'll seem racist. So you, here, you, can you stick you, up for me? Do you see Robin, that? Let's yeah. defer to you. Okay. No. Also, here's the dynamic, guys. The 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 video doesn't show it as well, but because that's what they fucking filmed. Ed McMahon. If if Robin's the Ed McMahon, she should be on the other side of Cindy Adams, and because first of all, it looks horrible when you're looking away from the person you're supposed to interview. It just looks technically bad. Second of all, it's showing, you're right, how insecure he is. I'm going to look away. I'm going to look at that. I need strength. So I'm going to look over to Robin, see if she can shore up my non-existent arguments against this. 
She's going to shore it up because um, you're a woman. She's a woman, but she's a woman of color. So if you say anything, you're going to appear racist. Exactly. Yeah. But I also need backup. The time she was doing this, it was all because of some problems. Yeah, they only want to talk to us when Why don't you call me when something problem. good is going on, like when I sign I up nothing, deal with the fire system? I have system. nothing against your language or any you're of the You're a muckraker, a muckraker, a muckraker. <laughs> so no different than the dice thing. He's got to shout her down. He doesn't have an argument. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a, a point of view. He's the muckraker. She publishes things he said about people during his show. He did, she doesn't publish or scandalize anything that he says. Yeah. He does. He doesn't. She doesn't write in her columns anything scandalous about his life in a way that's untrue or say anything, you know, that's heightened. She's just publishing what he says about people. And then yeah. that makes a scandal. Right. So then he says, oh, you're writing horrible things and muckraking. That's the opposite. He's doing that to her during this time period because he doesn't like that. She's actually publishing his verbal words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what was the one where they went, well, it was the Alan Rashinding where not no, it was, it was Lena Dunham. That was the big one where he goes, uh, you know, Perez kind of threw me under the bus. Yeah. By quoting you, how's right. that throwing you, how's that throwing you under the bus? Stupid. This is exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. something all those old dudes at the friars club get beautiful mentions in cindy's column but a young guy up and coming who's you know who appeals to the people i can't get a nice word in the damn column yeah. i have something to say too i didn't see an announcement of your daughter's birth no, I don't in get cindy's column <laughs> i can't even <laughs> I didn't want to know that your daughter's birth. Your daughter's birth? What daughter? Allison, you bet you you made me watch her while you went to the grocery store. I don't fucking call someone pay an army. Wow. This is this is really incredible. By the way, he's a grandpa, <laughs> everyone. Chutzpah, yeah. I am now on your show. All right, let's make your Let's make Come Look on. at that rock. That is beautiful. I am wanting to ask you nice things. Okay, okay? ask me something. I want to ask you very, very nice things. What did you get your mother for Mother's Day? What did I get her for Mother's Day? Uh... He doesn't know because <laughs> he has someone do that for him if he get, if she gets anything. Ajita. Jackie, write me something quick. Me that very lovely uh, sweater set and a skirt. Yeah, that's good enough for her. I'll tell you something. <laughs> what a cheap shit. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Why are Ben and Ray sweating to death right now for how bad this is going? <laughs> Embarrassment. I mean, if I were his parents, yeah, I'm not even kidding you, Fillmore. If Mia decided to be some NPD, uh, this is, would never happen. But let's just say. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. My child's on stage doing this bomb. I would <laughs> never let this happen. I mean, ever. What do you mean you would never let it happen? You've got to watch it. I would get up and I'd be like, you are you suck. You need to prepare better. That's like taking a test and not studying and staying out drinking all night. My parents weren't that lovely anyway to me. I'll be quite honest with you. I had to drive a Dodge watch in college, man. I couldn't even... <laughs>
Dad bought you your fucking car for you, you fucking selfish piece of shit. Ungrateful cunt. Do you know That's how my... many people can relate to that? I mean, seriously? Talk about privilege. Since then, by the way, fuckers, he's not woke. No, God. I hate fake woke. What's that? I hate fake woke. And this this person is the epitome of fake woke. I hate everything about this. Back and, let me take you back and satisfy Okay, so how many Me Too moments between male hosts? More, by the way. Like, you know, it's a 90-10 ratio. He is literally, how, he is harassed, inappropriately touched, kissed people his entire career. And yet this ghoul, I mean, you know, Florentine says there's something called the gay mafia. And... So he's like, they're protecting him. I truly believe that's the case because this could never fly. There's nothing conspiratorial about it that it sounds bullshit because Roy Cohen, Roy Cohen was a famous, infamous lawyer who was closeted and was like as, as an evil as a human being, as you can imagine. And I believe he was, um, Trump's mentor or something like that. If you see uh, the HBO, um, ser- uh, it's a it's a two part thing, um, Angels in America, based on him. Al Pacino does an amazing job on it. It's worth it's it's worth watching. At any rate, David Geffen's up in there. He's 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 out and he's one of the most powerful people in the business. I'm sure Sam Simon. I don't know that he ever he never came out, but there's no question in my mind that that guy was a fruit and uh, uh brian singer brian singer these guys that seem to skate for no reason and there's probably more that we're not even aware of that are in the um, club but there's definitely there's... some scratch my back i'll scratch yours favors being passed along you know i'm not saying about pedophiles i'm just talking about the, the we talked about this gay mafia there absolutely exists something like that i'm starting to believe it more and more every year <laughs> Absolutely. And so, and it could, it could be, and of course, some of these guys are married or were married that had kids and, um, that's the cover or whatever, but they're, you know, as gay as they come. God. It's time to say goodnight. We want to thank all of our guests. Who are our guests, Robin? Gee, this is the first show. Who were our guests? David Brenner. Oh, my God. I can't. Because we don't care. We're too important. We don't care who was on. Because we can't bother to read. We have people print it for us and basically read for us. I mean, they should be in wheelchairs with those, you know, you know when people have the, they can't speak, their muscles don't work, they have to type the things they say, or they smoke too much and they have to have the voice box. That's, they are... They are more functional than these two fucking idiots. It strikes me as odd that they didn't have the foresight to put their own money into the broadcast. I think inherently Howard knew this was going to be a failure and he didn't have the confidence that you need to try to do this show. Like we talked about it. Brenner had his own show. Um, He tried. Pat Sajak tried a show of all people. Joan Rivers had a show. They all had confidence that they could do it. I don't think he ever really had the confidence to pull this off. And it shows. I'm of 
the mind that he doesn't have the confidence to do it, but I don't think that he is of the mind that he knows he doesn't have the confidence to do it. I think that mm. his ego and his NPD tells him, I can do this. Yeah. I'm better than this. I can mm-hmm. achieve and be better than these people. I'm better than these child stars that failed and why they fail. And I'm going to sh- parade them across my show. I right. honestly think that, yes, he's insecure, but his insecurity doesn't outweigh his narcissism. Oh, yeah. Hence why he would go on Letterman and all these shows and beg to be on The Tonight Show thinking he deserved to be on there, but not have the self-awareness to know that, no, I'm not entertaining enough to be on that show. I don't have the chops. I don't do stand-up. I don't, I don't do movies. I don't really have a career, but I belong on there. But someone of, of real, a real, real valuation of self-worth would say, I'm not ready yet. But he would never be ready because he's not yeah. a true talent. But I will no, say isn't. this much. Go ahead. He was so insecure to have uh, to have Jackie and Fred or whoever was writing for him, Billy West, whoever, I don't know, at the time through the sidelines. Just, side Jack, line just Jackie and, and Fred at that time. Right. So past notes, this and that. So he wasn't secure enough to have them on the show as a major player or part or presence or seen mm-hmm. visually. Yep. But yet he knows he needs them. Yep. Like absolutely entirely to make the mm-hmm. show work for the radio show. So that's another reason why this doesn't work. As we see going forward, you know that these are the people that make the show work and tick and how mm-hmm. they are the beating heart of the Howard Stern show. These right. comics Artie, Jackie, Billy West, uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, anyone who has been a common player on the show or regular is the Mm -hmm. beating heart of that show. Sure. You know how? Because now it's not even a TV show. It's a radio show. And he has stripped it down to just him, Robin. And when I call upon my minions that I pay to make me seem cool. Right. And it's awful. Well, yeah. And, and it's so, anyway, it's, it's, it's like a, the framework, you see the framework coming at you. You see the, the house, the shitty house being built before it's built in the blueprint. And right now the blueprint is faulty. So I don't know. So he's not self-aware enough or he just, at this point, just doesn't give a shit. And I don't think he's ever given a shit after he got the certain millions in at Sirius. So right now he's writing out that fucking contract and you can hear it. You can hear it in every show. Let's continue and kill this motherfucker. Joe Piscopo. Yeah. All those has-been guys. Grandpa Cindy Lewis. Adams, Cindy, Cindy Adams. I'm not going to thank her. Goodbye, everyone. Wow. It says written by Joel Cohen, uh, but we're going to hear otherwise afterwards. I'm not exactly sure why that is, because Jackie and Fred should have got a credit if they really did write the fucking show. Oh, they wouldn't just like Benji with the book. Can you imagine like getting up and taking a bow after taking a dump? I'm going to turn down the volume on the video just for now. (laughs) Segment producers. Okay. Scott Whitman, Mason Wiley, Kathy Wilner. I don't know these people, but, uh, segment producer. They're probably the, the Fox people. And that, and that was throwing them, Jackie and Fred a bone by calling them segment producers instead of writers. So they don't even get a credit if the show gets picked up. That's about the only part that looks sort of semi-professional guys. So we're at the end of that. Um, 
<laughs> just we're not even finished yet, so because we're going to go through some of the history of Howard Stern uh, clips, and um, we're going to let let you guys hear a little more about it in depth. What network did I go on? So TV seemed like a great step, and also if you're on TV at that time, you were considered much more important. Still, I mean, radio is the bastard child. I mean, it really is a secondary medium. It's it's not television. You go on television, your fame is huge. And it wasn't my desire to be famous so much as to be recognized for what I did and to get this, I guess, this pat on the back. Wow, look at the crazy shit this guy's doing. <laughs> well, he's basically, an, he's an idiot. I didn't want to be famous. I wanted to be recognized. Well, yeah, I famous. Just, I was just going to say to you, does he not know that he just explained what famous is? Exactly. So this next clip is called Fox Execs Named. No, it's interesting that Fox had just come into being. This is Buck Buckwald, by the way. And they had a late night show and uh, Joan Rivers was doing the late night show. And I forget who made the first contact, but it was with one or two guys, either a guy who's very active, still active in the television business, who at that point was the youngest person ever to run a television network and i think he's still in the business his name is goth Seer. so basically it's like how howard would get a lot of these things fans of him that would get in positions to say like well let's give him a try so the agt thing i don't know about that but but in any event there's certain sh schmucks that were not quite enough of super fans to understand that how he works will bankrupt you and leave you with shitty product so and Goth's assistant was a guy named Kevin Wendell. And Kevin and Goth were major Howard Stern fans. <laughs> so I, I cut that, unfortunately, a little too close. This next clip, we... yeah. But you're ahead, right, by the way. If this were a government agency, like, right. you would be up in arms. You yeah, know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. <laughs> like, it, you can't be biased when you're doing in business. Like, I'm going to give this gig to a friend or a family member because I want to throw them a bone or because I like what they do. You have to think the bottom line. You have to think, is this person going to work for us? Now, if I were uh, Buckwald, for example, I would have had more of a tighter rein on stuff, and I would have been able, I would have felt, no, 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 you're not going to do this, because Buckwald was the brains behind just about everything Howard did. You know and, what actually excites me, though, is the fact yeah. that Sirius paid him so much. So you know how governments have employees that, you know, don't really do what they say they're going to do, but they keep going up the corporate ladder or the political That's ladder. That's correct. This is essentially the same thing. So good job. You got a big fish that's going to do a big pile of nothing and everyone yep. can see the failure. Yeah. And so they keep voting it in and it never changes. So <laughs> essentially Howard is a failed state. So mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Good analogy. This one is called Wig Throws Richard Simmons Under the Gay Bus. The executives at Fox called me, said, would you take over the Joan Rivers show? She's not doing well in the ratings. What would you do with a late night show to compete against Carson? I said, I have a few ideas. What's me? So I flew down to L.A. and we sat in the audience watching Joan Rivers. We sat in the audience watching her show. And she had a guy on, a farmer who was growing the world's largest pumpkin. I turned to the executive, his name was Kevin, and there's another guy, Garth, and I said, uh, this is bullshit. Okay, go ahead, Sam. 
I am so highly offended the fact that he thinks he can even compete with Joan Rivers. Even compete. And by the way, he went on her fucking show and molested her, sat on her lap, and he wouldn't even sit in his own seat. You can watch it on YouTube anytime. This phony fucking fraud was just waiting to take her place. And what he presented was so much worse than what she had that this Fox pilot, Mm -hmm. this pumpkin guy that he's saying is so bad, he's saying, look at what I have. Here's what I have. This is what he had, guys. Yeah. And this is the ironic thing, guys. People think he's some kind of loyal friend or loyal, whatever he was. He wouldn't, he wouldn't give a fuck about Joan Rivers and didn't when he went into this. And this was in the first half. We discussed how she did not give her her okay. This was something he did regardless of what she felt. And any more than, um, any more than when, um, uh, when, uh, Robin was left in the dust with Fred at NBC or sorry, at, uh, in Washington, when he did, signed his deal for NBC, and we're going to cover that when we do the Colford book, he did not care about them and when he was negotiating, and they had no idea who Robin and Fred were or that they were integral, which means Howard did not go to bat for them in the slightest. The narrative, and Dennis DeMarco and I just mentioned it on our Facebook thing, on our Facebook page, th- that, that since then they're like, oh, they fired Robin and they, uh, you know, they didn't want anything to do with her and they, they got, uh, they wanted to get at us. The, na- the bullshit narrative from private parts is such a crock that I can't even believe they still believe their own bullshit years later. He didn't oh, care about I mean, them. I can people in politics and celebrity rewrite history all the time, but there's actually an article where Robin says he's a racist, horrible person during that time period. So I yeah. mean, Clearly, that's a lie. Also, by the way, he felt so slighted by Ed Bradley's seating at the funeral, even though he was interviewed by him. No, he not a hasn't friend. spoke a kind word since about Ed Bradley. So that's no. how you know what a, a tre- shitty human being he is. He's a treacherous piece of shit. Yeah. You know, I would turn to this pumpkin guy and go, what the hell are you doing with your life? Why, why would this matter to you? You know, and they're cracking up and I'm doing this whole model. And then Richard Simmons comes out and he's flitting around the audience and doing his exercise thing. And uh, I said, this is bullshit. I said, if I have Richard Simmons on, when are we going to talk about that this guy's gay? Why is everyone skirting the airship? Who's he banging? You know, what's this guy doing? He must have a slew of dudes up in his room with a banana hammock on going around and doing God knows what to this guy. You know, probably so. Uh, this is a guy he had on over the years, and he teased him about his sexuality, but he didn't outright. Well, now he did go pretty hard at Richard Simmons, and really, and eventually, the, the he, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm 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 contradicting myself. He did go after him, but he did it in a way that wasn't nearly as fucking brutal as this. But it's also ironic, knowing what we know. Go ahead. No, he. He made Richard feel so terrible about himself that at the roast that he had in the 90s, he dressed up as a man. He said, this is what you should be looking like. This is what you should do. He's made him cry on his show multiple times because he's such a fucking prick. This is also just projection. If anybody studies things like um, psychology, Carl Jung, The Shadow, they say that the thing that bothers you about yourself the most in the subconscious is the thing that you pay attention to the most and it will mm-hmm. come out. And yes, so. <laughs> Howard is completely 
a closeted homosexual that will think that it's entertaining to be gay until it's not in vogue to say that. And it's not in vogue to call out somebody that's gay and make fun of it. So then all of a sudden he becomes a gay rights advocate. I'm sorry. We're not rewriting this history anymore. No, this is just, this is just our opinion. This is why we do this. This is just our opinion. We have no facts. It's all whatever conjecture. That's what a podcast is. Also, sorry, guys, didn't mean to bust that bubble for you. But to do this to Richard Simmons, especially in the history of Howard Stern, and then act like it's no big deal. I mean, come on. And since after that roast, I don't think um, he saw Richard again until the serious years. And then when he did come on, he, he did he run off. Again because, and left. And left. Yeah, exactly. So. Sucking him off, fucking him in the ass. I mean, and here he is, like, you know, all the women love him, and, you know, and no one's addressing this. And what about those hair transplants? And what about those fucking short shorts? And how about his fucking nuts? <laughs> Young. Short shorts? Uh-huh. Yeah. So he, see, guys, the yeah. shadow. This is That's... right. I don't have hair, so we're going to talk about hair plugs. And I'm gay. this. So yeah. I'm going to talk about this because this is what interests me the most. That's why I'm going to talk about Ellen wearing pants and she wants a cock and she wants to right. dress like this. And right. And he's yeah, he's projection. the big he's the big culero and uh, he's he's obsessed with it. So, yeah. And these are things that kept like repeating themselves over the years. Does this guy wear a weave? David Weave Roth? Like, is this guy gay? Is this clo- or she closeted all this Ellen and who uh, Rosie and all this shit? I mean, come on. I mean, what are we talking about here? Who is this guy? So these guys are rolling and they go, okay, they fly me back to New York, sit me down with Rupert Murdoch right up in his office. And uh, Rupert and I have a heart to heart and he seems to like me, wants me to be his late night guy. So it's like, this is Howard, like phonying it up for Rupert Murdoch, trying desperately to get the fucking gig. Okay, first of all, Rupert Murdoch is the most disgusting, corporate, warmongering piece of shit ever. I have nothing nice to say about him. Yeah, he's a total scumbag. But the fact that he's such a scumbag and wouldn't even approve of these pilots says less about Murdoch and more about Howard. Yeah. And then they offered me some contract that basically said you have 13 week cycles. I go, wait a second. I'm doing great here on the radio. I don't need these assholes. 13 weeks, they're going to fire me. If you don't need them, why are you meeting with them? It's incongruous with what you're actually saying, shithead. Like the whole idea, if, if, you're so, if you're so secure in your radio position and you don't need stuff, you don't bother going for it. That's the truth. Why would you bother trying out for a play if you didn't want to get a role? That's right. If things aren't flying the way they want. And you know with me, it ain't going to fly the way they think it's going to fly. It's going to be wild. <laughs> There's no way I'm giving up my gig. I told him that. So, yeah, you wanted to do the show and do this at the same time. Go ahead, Sam. Oh, cool. Was it wild, guys? Did you watch that pilot, everyone? Was that wild? Did you feel like, whoa, crazy, naked girls, Joe Piscopo, (laughs) and some three failing people who made me look like a fucking cunt fool? Does anyone feel (laughs) wild and crazy? (laughs) Well, they're not naked girls, but yeah, girls, dancing girls or whatever. It's half girls, former girls. So anyway, the next clip is called I Was Full of Ideas. I had no idea what I was doing. The idea about doing a late night show was cumbersome at best. So we kind of tabled that idea, at which point they said, why don't we do a series of pilot programs and see what happens with this? 
And they said, yeah, okay, and we'll give you a budget. Why don't you go screw around over at Channel 5? And Channel 5 Local had nothing going on. And it was misguided, but it was the beginnings of me trying to figure things out on TV. And I thought, well, I'll go do these shows. And, and one of the executives said to me. Yeah, go ahead, Sam. I like the way that he said cumbersome as the first adjective to getting the um, ability to do a show. Now, wouldn't you say if you were available to do a pilot and you were given the opportunity, the last word I would use to describe that would be cumbersome unless you're a fucking idiot that shouldn't be on TV. Well, I disagree because the idea, like if he is filming, if he's going to do this show and even if it is in New York, his schedule would make it almost impossible because he's such an early riser for this fucking show. Then he's working until what? 11 those days, six to 11. Okay. So then he's got to go film in later in the day. He's going to have no energy. Like he's going to be spent by noon. Oh, okay. See, I looked at the word cumbersome as like. Uh, that's the last thing I would describe if I want to be on TV and this opportunity is presented for me. Right. So, uh, so I think that's the only reason Don used that word. Uh, don't worry. Make it guerrilla television. We can use our imagination. You don't need a set. You can uh, use a box for a desk and you can use, you know, just we'll see <laughs> what it would be. Guerrilla television meant we don't want to put any money in it. It meant Bowie's going to host it. But of course... When something looks like cable and junk, television executives or anyone else for that matter are not going to use their imagination. So for a very small budget, we went in. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a lot of ideas. And I put together these Channel 5 shows that would show them what we would do in television. And I think, you know, looking back on it, they were outrageous shows, but very ambitious. They were not ambitious. They were not outrageous, except in how awful they were. And keep in mind, guys, we only covered one show. There are four more that you can you can use um, to like refute us if you want oh my god Fillmore this is complete propagandist bullshit in retrospect so literally these history of Howard Stern comments on this is just propaganda to say that we were outrageous and rebel and people didn't understand what we were doing no people of the 70s 80s 90s anyone during that time period would watch these things and now and say no matter what you think or you're trying to say, these were just garbage. Yes, they were. By any any judge, any jury in any fucking generation would look at this and say, this is low rent high school shit. Worse than high school shit. Because you, you would give a high schooler a pass for not knowing anything. They're just reaching. But a person who's in some type of media for a long time. And keep in mind, guys, I haven't even begun to mention the um, Ryder P.I., that film that Ugh. he did, right? Like the, he, he had had exposure. We've already talked to, he, ta- he's had a, like late night exposure on certain shows. He's been in like local New York shows, whatever. So it's not like he hasn't been in front of a camera before, but all that means nothing. Cause he's never, ever secure about himself. So the next clip, uh, number five, Fred and Jackie wrote everything. So blame them. There were so many projects over the years. The radio show was always the home base and you'd go and do this other thing for the rest of the day. And Fox is one of the first ones that jumps out at me. It was really interesting right from the get-go because they hired a producer and then they hired a team of writers. Okay, so they, and they, which is what you would normally do. you got people that are involved in radio not knowing what to do on a TV show, so you hire people that have done TV shows. Yes? No? 
Right. Like, you know, when you have a podcast and then, you know, you make sure you know people who do things for a podcast so you don't sound like it's the first time every time. Right. And I don't even think that Fred and Jackie were on board right away. And I think once Howard met the writers, he said to the Fox people, you know, you got to get Fred and Jackie in there. They understand my instincts. They sort of know what I'm all about. And then what ended up happening was Fred and Jackie ended up writing everything. Okay. So, so there you go. That they, oh, they can claim that. And I guess... I don't know why they would lie about that at this point because it was such a piece of shit. Um, but um, unless they have no awareness that the show was so bad. Or whatever they were writing, um, the idea that wasn't fleshed out uh, enough and the yeah. fact that Howard trampled and stepped all over it because he has to be a narcissist piece of shit yes. and center of attention. Yes. Next clip, number six, admitting the show was all over the place. You know, you look at any talk show today, it has a formula. You go in, the host does a little monologue, he sits down, he has a bit or two, and then he interviews some people and says goodnight. That's about as ambitious as you get there. We were over the top. Every time we did a show, we tried something brand new, wheeling out sets, surprising people. Um, I can't even describe to you. I mean, like, like one show, all of a sudden we turned it into a people's court type of situation where... T. Snyder's wife was having an argument with my wife. And D goes on to talk about this again, later episodes, guys. So we apologize. You don't get, unless you look, do the, the watching yourself, you're not going to know. Yeah, go ahead. But okay. Even like this episode that we covered the pilot, right. you have these ideas that I guess if flesh out, they could work. Like I said, Filmer, what would you do with these people? And we say, exactly. this could work. But yeah. he, again, because he has to be the dumb fuck center of attention it fails yes he he's always tripping on his own shoelaces and so we brought them both out there and they argued there had been an issue with suzette and allison suzette had done allison's hair and it had gone wrong and allison's hair had fried and and had to be cut off or something and they had stopped talking and this was a problem because howard and me were friends and you know so howard decided he was going to have a, like a courtroom or something on there. And the loser of the argument would have to wear this French maid's outfit. Okay, so I guess cutting it up for the 30-second rule, guys. And oh, guess, yeah. and uh, who's going to win in this? Every Anyone who's going to wear the French maid outfit because Howard exactly. just wants to see Dee Snyder in a French maid's outfit. <laughs> exactly. And serve the guests throughout the show and surprise surprise my wife lost but these were big set pieces these are things that you should do on a daily basis to get it right we would just do things once and then bam move on to the next thing it was a very ambitious show and really we didn't no. have enough <laughs> staff or ambitious is not the word it was a witless show that's the fucking was, point uh, stupid i was just gonna say ambitious no it's just a poorly thought out project yeah, yeah you, absolutely. you're thinking of your radio show in the terms of visual and you're putting zero that's like having a fifth grader plan a show right and so this next one jackie passing notes under the desk so it was bizarre all right well how is bizarre no how is normal this is brenner talking Let, let's put them behind a desk like johnny carson Mary griffin then you know mike douglas jay leno david letterman let, 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 no that's not howard you can't do that to howard 
I was physically under Howard and Robin's feet. I was in the box. <laughs> Which is what all the late night guys do. They have, so maybe Letterman had an intern under there servicing him. I was un- underneath putting jokes on his lap. It was fucking Polish. <laughs> it's the Polish thing again. What is it with this thing? <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly. Let's go bowling. I, 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 wait, well, I don't any. I, I actually, I'm confused with that one. Normally I get the obvious uh, quirks of the joke, but why I guess is what, it's hiding under cheap, a cheap, like low budget, like with like really poor? Is that, not, is that the. Is that the thing? I don't, I, I don't remember. Something again, flying in front of you, obvious. You can't see. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Pol- well, Polish jokes were big in the seventies for sure. But, um, and maybe in the sixties. What, what but... is a Polish joke? I'm sorry. I'm not. Well, that would be like, okay. How do you play Polish roulette? You use six bullets. Um, like, um, why do something like, why do the Poles, in, uh, why do they get Poles get married in the bathtub? They insist on a du- double ring ceremony. Because they're, you know, because it's most they're dirty, right? They're leaving two rings in the bathtub. I mean, it's it's the stupidest things possible back then, and they were all you, you at that time. You insert ethnicity here and have fun with the joke. Well, I mean, yeah, because people are just so offended by everything and professional victims. But all I can say is like the Polish things, quirky things. I knew we were like they're the people who have like a ton of lawn tchotchkes. Okay, like, well, there you go. So, but then there was certain, yeah, exactly. I don't know a single, uh, you know, P- Portuguese guy without a Our Lady of, you know, Mother Mary, uh, the Virgin Mary on their um, on their front lawn. We had Jackie Mason. I said, Howard, he's the single horniest guy in the world, and it was a little hole for me to either hand him stuff. For the most part, I put stuff on his lap. I don't know why the hole was there, but Jackie Mason sat down, and Howard said, Yeah, I hear you're the horniest guy in the world. He said, Who told you that? And Howard goes, him, and he reached through the hole and pulled my hand up. That was hysterical. Which is also really stupid because you ever you ever hear like David Letterman say, a writer told me this. <laughs> like somebody, yeah. you ever see Johnny Carson see, go, I heard See that Ed. cue card? Come on up. Exactly. So this is number eight, Wig and Buckwell not on the same page or book. But the shows we never picked up, and probably uh, with good reason, they weren't very professional looking. They were. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> they weren't professional looking. Right. Okay. okay. So yeah, we're gonna... all over the place. We probably should have taken one or two elements of those shows and just concentrated on that. Don Buckwall. So we did the shows and um, made a lot of mistakes in those shows <laughs> oh my god thanks don you think this was like an abortion that survived with the fucking arm in your head it's the worst thing i've ever seen this is like uh i'm just trying to think if you had a mr mr universe pageant with the the character Quato from Total Recall, but you know, guy posing with this alien coming through his stomach. That's what this show was. Shows were not picked up. They weren't not picked up because they weren't so good. They were not picked up for other reasons, political reasons. You just said that they made uh-huh. all kinds of mistakes, but then they were not picked up because they were not good. Which is it, Don? I and then Wiggy's it. just You're... saying they they Wiggy just completely contradicted you before you started. Okay, so you know the Jerry Lewis telethon. That's also 
awful fucking television. I mean, like back then, it's oh, funny to watch that. now in yeah. clips and it's just, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> but the point is, is we're not saying it's political. I mean, Don Buckwald, when he said it sucked, it was terrible. That's right. It was terrible. It wasn't good television. Well, you know. He's referring to the the controversy, the supposed scandal that Howard brought with him that, you know, might have affected Rupert Murdoch's merger at the time. There was there was some kind of law against uh, media mogul, like the things you have now that are normal, that all these conglomerates own many uh, papers or many websites or many, you know, channels. Whatever. Oh, What's right. The, the thing that's like obstructing our <laughs> right. freedom of speech, but pretending to be caring. Right. Exactly. Howard was not politically correct but very often incorrect, certainly in the minds of the powers that be who ran uh, the Fox network at that time, Fox Broadcast Company. And so there were enough naysayers there to make sure these shows did not get picked up. But the shows, <laughs> enough naysayers. I think all they needed was one person watching. Go ahead. I still now more so that we hear these clips. I really wonder how his career survived being this oh, untalented. Well, the radio show, I got goddamn fucking. If it wasn't for Billy West and Jackie, they are. Someone explained it to me earlier, like they're not explained it, but they said something that was actually quite, I think quite appropriate, uh, back, uh, you know, people didn't see what they looked like. So guys like Dennis DeMarco, who loved the show and would, you know, when he got a chance to listen to bootleg tapes uh, of, you know, Howard doing comedy, which we may do a run through of, which is, no. he makes this, makes no, this look like, why, ben, why makes do you want like to? <laughs> Why? So, what you, I'm gonna. I, it's gonna be like a fucking psycho scene. I'm gonna be Janet Lee in the shower. <laughs> Stop it. I would love to. I would love to fucking. I might have to use that as an intro. Um. So what happens? Like they were so desperate to see anything of, of Stern, so that they would watch. U.S. open sores. They would pay money to watch, you know, <laughs> negligee and underpants party. And um, because they just wanted to see them because they weren't always available. And, you know, VCR is now being a thing and stuff. It, it became more of an event because it was so rare. Now that with YouTube, I mean, Christ, he would have been dead in the water in Hartford. Well, here's what I agree with you. But I also think radio was, did he change the medium? Um, I'd say yes. Did he copy from other people that weren't as, uh, that didn't have as advantageous of a person like Don, Don Buckwald in their corner that were going to get him the markets? Uh, I agree with it. Did they have someone as a partner like Robin Quivers that served as a padding for some of the humor that he was doing that might've intrigued some people for more racist humor yeah i do yeah to, uh, me it's, to me the analogy is like um joe scandori was don rickles manager and he was he <laughs> known to have a waste management connections shall we say and mm -hmm. um he um basically there there's a book out there about comics that say jackie leonard was don rickles before don don kind of stole his act i don't know that that's true because i've only heard so much fat to jack Fat Jackie Leonard, but that was his name, Fat Jack. 
And um, but and that that was the running gag in, in in between comics that they would say, well, Don Rickles stole his act. But they're saying the difference between those two guys was Joe Scandori, who managed to get Don in everywhere. They managed to put him in all the clubs, managed to get him bookings, managed to hook him up with the right people. And in the business, you do need talent, but you need a lot of luck and you need the right people behind you. Howard had no talent, a lot of luck. Um, a, a, like a semi decent sort of approach that he borrowed from about three other, four other DJs that he merged into one. And also he had the benefit of people not hearing these other DJs and know that he was a fucking fraud. Had they you heard also, Steve, Steve doll, had they heard the grease man and those that did knew Howard was a copycat. Go ahead. You also see his approaches through these years in the eighties and early nineties of he him taking from other people and applying these personas. Yes. So that's even more indicative of what a fraud he was. That's right. So it's incredibly um, frustrating and telling to see someone be so successful based on just these, honestly, strokes of luck and less of talent and just how that ladder climbs. Sure. Look at Amy Schumer. Perfect example. Perfect example. Per- perfect, like a more modern example of the same situation. So the next clip is called number nine. Brenner tries to polish a turd. I don't know what happened. I mean, I did this show. I think television, I think it was a new track he was racing. And he didn't quite have his direction. Okay, you think? He didn't quite have his footing. He was still funny. He still had the weird stuff on it. But he had to learn it. I really believe... If, you know, Seinfeld bombed the first year, Ray Romano bombed the first year, there are shows you got to let them get their legs. Give them a chance. It was the right thing at the right time, not done the right way. Well, well, this is also, I love you, Brenner. God rest your soul. But it's if it's not done the right way, then it's not the right show. What an insult to those stand-up comics. Howard is not even in comparison to them. And if you want to... If you want to describe a first time out act or something, a comic stand up is trying differently mm-hmm. to even put this in the comparison of a radio host that's trying a TV show for the first time and saying, right. well, they might have not done this set right or they might have not got also, this right. That is such an insult to not only stand up comedy, but to these people. But it's not an app comparison. Those guys did sitcoms. Wig wasn't trying for a sitcom. But even then, they were in the stand-up comic industry. Ray Romano yes. and Seinfeld were regulars, and they, they were road even dogs. Yeah, these are their, they were. They still like to go to these stages and polish their craft. Howard's yeah. nothing like them. Right. Next one is called "The Crew Has Their Say on This Pile of Shit." I, I was surprised that you know, how bad are they? I mean. They had to be somewhat fun because it was the whole gang and we were <laughs> farting around. It had to be the radio show on television. I don't know whether they never saw the light of day because Fox hated them. I don't think they were dirty. Those tapes have to exist somewhere. Oh, that was really disappointing when we found out, you know, they were never going to see the light of day. <laughs> oh, my God. It was really disappointing when I found out that um, the talk show I was going to be and Sal made fun of me and saying I was trying to be Oprah. And more charitable just to get on TV. Yeah, that was embarrassing. And that show never got picked up either. Yeah. Are you detecting a trend here, guys? 
You know, I don't even think I I saw that much of them. I saw clips here and there, but I never saw whole shows. And you wondered, hey, if we had the tapes, could we have done something with them? Would it have been of interest <laughs> <Here>. to something? <laughs> <laughs> here's what you could do with them this is exactly what, what you can, can do. do with them yeah. somebody else with vision yeah go you ahead. can have a, you, you can have a snarky piece of shit from middle class buffalo make fun of your fucking ass all the way till sunday you're welcome you never know but it was just you know hey you know we really worked hard we really put everything into it <laughs> You did? The person that hammered that fucking crate together that was a desk worked harder than you two, who couldn't even remember the guests. Exactly. When we found out that the show was never going to see the light of day, it was a huge disappointment because we put a lot of work into it. And, you know, I'd never been on TV before. I was hoping that, you know, I'd get on TV. But we just put so much work into it. And then you start to hear these things that Rupert Murdoch hates Howard and you start to find out that it's more of a plot. And then, it wasn't a plot, guys. Oh, I guarantee you. Oh my god! So it's a McCarthy smear. We're fucking yeah. smear merchant. We're right. gonna be a smear merchant right now, and it's a conspiracy, guys. Yeah, Wiggy's. Well, are sorry, you get, fucking kidding me? I hate everyone. This this is the Gary you hear on the fucking wrap up show. <laughs> and it really bumps you out because you almost found out that when we were doing it, they knew they were never going to air it. That was a big disappointment. <laughs> What's funny about oh, these Fox you, 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 We're gonna. <laughs> Rupert Murdoch literally (laughs) will put anything on that goes for his senses. I mean, literally anything. And same with MSNBC and everyone else. So everyone is a fucking smear merchant on these networks. They didn't like Howard because he just sucks, period, and would draw no one in. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that no one will ever see, I guess. You know, it's, it's a shame that they don't exist somewhere. You know, it's like if there is a oh, they do. I have in my life that would be no one sees those shows anywhere and no one sees the Channel 9 shows anywhere. It's like those are two projects that, you know, whether or not they were the greatest thing on the earth, it would still be fun. Go ahead. <laughs> it Can is you fun. name the Jew? Can we like let's, <laughs> let's name the Jew and do you want to pick categories? Who is the first? Is it going to be... Uh, let's pick categories for the yeah. worst racial um, <laughs> ethnic <group>. demographics <laughs> in life. Yeah. Let's just yeah. go through that one through ten. Yeah, go through. Yeah, go for it. Go Does for that it. That sound right? good. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was the Channel Nine show. Yeah, exactly. To see what we were trying to do, and the Fox shows. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think out of all five shows, there might have been one and a half that were passable. I don't know if they were ever going to really put them on the air or if they were trying to figure out how to do it, but uh, it would have been fun had we been allowed to go on, although I don't know how long they would have lasted on. We know how long they would have lasted, exactly five episodes. (laughs) Go ahead, Sam. If we were allowed to go on and do what? I mean, you guys went on and did whatever you wanted. You weren't even prepared. You went on a show that was your show, and you didn't even know who the guests were. You didn't even change costumes. You sweated through your fucking head, hair. The the sets look like shit. So this one, next one is called, it's a little long, but we'll try to go through it. Wiggy in 87 getting all Kermit on a reviewer. 
What happened to those five pilots? Now, of course, I told you what happened with the five pilots. Well, you know, you know what kills me? I was on the air saying that the five pilots would never see the light of day. I had yeah. nothing to hide. It's not like I'm trying to hide that, something. Uh, Rupert Murdoch had a grudge. Well, I got even more information for you on that. But does oh, does yes. uh, does George Maxian dig deeper? No, he just uses it to he just uses it to uh, whip me, whip me. You a whipping boy. <laughs> what other DJ even has a TV deal? Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Okay. I am so shocked by how bad this Kermit voice is. I I always watch the Benjamin clip that he did so wonderfully. Like, how has Howard's voice changed through Changed through over the years. years, decades, it, yeah. By the way, your voice when you're 30 doesn't change very much to when you're as far 50 as I know. to 60. I mean, you don't go from like, oh, I sound like this, and I, I don't like, to... Uh, <laughs> You don't get you don't Luke, you don't get you are my fault. Oh, yeah. You don't get from Kermit like Wiggy would be jealous. I don't want to sound egotistical, but he'd be jealous of my voice. I don't do anything to it. Of course, <laughs> I mean like <laughs> you're no like I I'm a bear. You're the, I'm, you're, you have the best Canadian cutest voice ever. Are you I don't serious? Know. I don't know that it's cute. I don't know that it's the best, but it's a natural baritone, and that's what he's always wanted. And you remember that one where we played? I think ah, it's, on, it's on my channel, my other channel. But it, where he, we, Benjamin got the clip of that Rasan replayed the actual speaker orgasm voice that he was using. Yeah, and if you hear that, you're like, "There's like, there's this is a grown man. That's his voice." Then what are you talking? about? you weren't turned on? What's wrong with you? And now it's all of a sudden it's like. Uh, Robin, da, da. so there's no doubt without. There's, I don't have any doubts whatsoever that he's been modulated over the years to sound like James Earl Jones. Um, so that's the first shocking thing that I heard, and now I just heard him say, "Whipping boy." So yeah. he's allowed to be this. And by the way, guys, this isn't one clip. This is his entire career, where he's looking at his Uncle Tom co-host to co-sign. On being a piece of shit. Yeah. So here you go. Yep. Let me tell you something. First of all, I just want to say something before I read this article. That the fact that my TV show never got on the air has nothing. I repeat. In fact, I'm suing Fox Broadcasting. I don't know if anybody knows about my lawsuit, my big lawsuit I'm thinking of uh, instituting. <laughs> oh, Kirby, oh, 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 you're going to sue Fox Law? What are you going to do? Oh, Is that your mistaken impression? Do, do you really like me? Kirby, I'm so sad. I'm worried about this. What are you, you going to do? <laughs> well, I, well, Robin's definitely his Miss Piggy. Because, yes, because let me tell you something. <laughs> what? Defamation of character. In Hollywood, I, my name is Mud. <clears throat> Mud. <laughs> my name is Mud in Hollywood. It's actually oh, Kirby, speed. really? It's Mud? I'm so worried. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Really? Well, of course, because everybody thinks that we were creative failures on our TV show and it had nothing to do. In fact, in fact, Fox Broadcasting won't even sell me the pilots. And do you know why? Why? Because they they said they're hits and they'll look like idiots for not airing them themselves. Themselves. <laughs> Go ahead. I just wanted to play that out because it sounds so retarded. Waka waka. Okay, clip number 12. We're going through these. That one was way shorter than I thought it would be. L Howard lies about Rupert Murdoch and Fox and his late night show, Desire. So, as I sat there, the next guest... And, th and this is him recounting the sitting down 
uh, watching the Joan Rivers show, but this was in 2004, I think March 4th or April, April 3rd. Oh, so are you saying this is before uh, her eulogy where he said she had a very dry pussy? Yeah. It was Richard oh, okay, cool. Simmons. And he came out and began to ask us all to stand up in the audience. We all stood up. I looked at Kevin. I looked at my agent, Don. I looked at Garth and Sear. I looked at myself as I did my jumping jacks <laughs> and told Richard and listened to Joan Rivers tell Richard Simmons how much fun he was. Go ahead. Yep. How many kids does he have right now? <laughs> well, didn't uh, didn't Richard Simmons name one of them? Didn't he name Ashley? The last one? Yeah, he liked to remind Howard he was a father. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't mention the fact that he was gay. She didn't challenge him in any way. And I looked at myself and I said, could I abandon everything I believe in? Could I give up everything that has inspired me in life to speak out for the money, Was that money and for that? late night television fame? And I told you now, as clear to me. Go ahead. Yep. Wait a second. So outing a person that doesn't even want to say he's gay or name his sexuality. Right. Now that's some sort of rebel amazing Oof. thing and he's yeah. trying to say that he's for gay rights and people who are yeah. in the All lgbtq sudden, community community yeah. that's how he wants to come out cool yeah. um i hope your career along with ellen's burns in fucking flames enjoy your money and just go fucking hide well, it's exactly. All of a sudden, he wants to be Perez Hilton before Perez Hilton. As it was, those many years ago, I turned to them and said, I can't do it. I'll stay where I am. I don't need to be the king of late night television. If it, means, if it means caving into that kind of insipid, boring. Go ahead, Sam. Are you, f how are journalists and people, he is still making this huge salary that, by the way, is preventing talent from Sirius XM or yep. already talent being paid bigger salaries. Hello, Jim Norton. I know you work for the Buck Buckwald Agency and Sam yep. Roberts, and you think you're going to be in big with them. But if this fucking bass of a fucking piece of shit lying motherfucker is still on the payroll you're not going to be treated number one that's no, you never first will. off well you're never, never. Going to, you're never going to if he leaves either jim sorry sorry to burst your fucking bubble but um at the end of the day yeah he's the big albatross he's the one like you're you're looking to get rid of that fucking anchor store and you can't like it's a signed a contract in perpetuity with the devil or whoever yeah go ahead second of all what a farce journalism is to even paint this person as in a light of, I'm a good human being. Right. I am for these things. I am some evolved character. I care about people, animals, etc. Yeah, some gay rights. shallow nonsense. All of you journalists are fucking bullshit. Listen to this. The vile kind of broadcasting that I despise, that I've stood against my entire life. Now, let me tell you something else, my friend. When a Jay Leno sits there with Mel Gibson and can't and says to him, turns to him with a straight face and says, I congratulate you. A fine piece of work. 
I spit on Jay Leno. Well, what's I the problem? Spit on the broadcast. Well, you asked me a question. The... You're not letting me finish. No, well, this is nothing but the passion. What's the problem with the... Hold on for a second. That's the 30 second, guys. Passion. What's the problem with the passion? Have you heard anything I said all morning? I said Get out of here, you creep. Now you're going to hear clips that we played in our Carson versus uh, Wiggy versus uh, Late Night podcast. I'm sorry to keep bringing that one up, guys, but it was really worth the, the listen. Uh, and we used uh, the, some of the clips definitely need to hear the light of day again. And so we're going to play this one where he goes on Joan Rivers' actual replacement host, Arsenio, and bitches about Fox, bitches about his show in contrast to 14, 17 years later where he's saying, I never, I was never going to do that show. I never wanted to do a show. And there he is bitching about them not wanting his show. And no one, uh, Fillmore, as far as you know, no one has ever seen those pilots at this point. So they don't know how bad it is. Exactly. So (laughs) you want to be, get out of here. I'll leave, man. I don't care. I don't need the gig. Because, uh, I mean, I don't need to be here. You know, I'm doing it. I'm not sure why I'm doing it. Well, let me, let's, but, uh, wait, 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 the Fox network. Wait, uh, let's start all over. What do you have against the Fox network? Okay. So here we go. I'll, this is, I'll play, let this one play through guys and you can hear for yourself. Well, they, they courted me for a TV show. Mm-hmm. They went out of their way to get me for a television show. Uh, they, they signed me to a big contract. And then about two weeks later, uh, the, the upper echelon decided they don't want to put me in a TV show. They decided, hey, man, we don't want to do the TV show anymore. Just uh, They didn't even see the show yet, and they decided they didn't want to do the TV show. So they decided you blow, and you've decided they blow. No, well, no, I, they didn't decide I blow. They decided they just didn't want to do business with me. But the hell with it. I don't need the Fox Network, man. It's a, it's a- <laughs> This is someone not asking a girl out, wanting to ask the girl out, getting told by the girl, I would never go out with you before he has a chance to ask and then claiming I didn't want to ask you out anyway. How stupid do you think people are that executives wouldn't watch a show that they're going to fund to put on the network? When you say they didn't even see it. Oh, okay. So I own a network. I'm going to put on a show I've never seen. Mm -hmm. Are you fucking... That do you think people are that stupid? He must because he's he must. that stupid. Absolutely. So then he starts bitching on the same show about Fox being cheap with his show. Yeah, I'm uh, going to ask you some of my questions now because your questions with this. So hey, we- let me say something. The set on this show is beautiful, and the thing I resent is when I don't know. I signed with Fox to do a TV show. I couldn't get more than maybe ten grand for the whole damn set. You go back here when you're sitting backstage. They give you a bathrobe, a sign on the door with your name, soaps. All I wanted was a couple of good, decent microphones. If I had had a microphone like this. What a, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break it. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Sam. Um, okay, <laughs> 10 grand back then when he was making that Fox show to build a set yep. would have been way more than enough to function oh, yeah. as oh, yeah. a good set, let alone microphones. I mean, beyond mm-hmm. what. And I don't even think it would be ten grand. I think it would have been more in the budget. I think he's bullshitting. He is full of shit. It's because they had no direction. His That's set, right. the way it looked, is on his on his command. That's mm-hmm. what he wanted. He wanted nonsense shit. And he even said, We didn't even care about the set. We just wanted a box's desk. It didn't matter. It was about our talent and what we were doing. Right. You weren't doing anything. Which is it? 
There's no one talks out of more, both sides of their mouth more than Wiggy. And you're going to hear it every time. Every time we do a show, that's our main goal. It's not to tell you how much we enjoyed some, some, uh, you know, some clip that, you know, from way back when, which is retarded. I mean, we really want the whole point of our show is to point out the hypocrisy of Howard in 2020, 2015, whatever date, whatever year we're exposing. We're, the whole gear that we're trying to expose bullshit. So go ahead, Sam. The only thing that I will say, regardless of the money, that's also satisfying besides pointing out the bullshit is his misery has grown Oh yeah, every year. And I'm telling you guys, it doesn't matter how many celebrity friends he has or how um, much money he has. His misery has just grown because he is exposed. And this kind of thing is everyone sees it. And I think people listen to this, and I know for a fact from comics and people who are famous listen to this show, and mm-hmm. they know who he is. And this just is such a great, um, a great way of just saying we see you and we saw you now. We see you back then for what, too. For what for what you were and what you are. So this exactly. is the last, the last clip. This is the longest. This is the last one. We'll finish this out. And this is him in 2010 bullshitting about saying he was offered the gig and he turned it down. Uh, Tommy, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. What's going on, dude? Um, I think. Oh, I gotta get my look at my note here. Like, like. Uh, oh boy, I tell you, I'm the calls, sorry. The calls are particularly bad today. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, Would Jimmy you Kimmel. be open to uh, having an eleven thirty show if he uh, agreed to move to twelve thirty on ABC? Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to be a, a late night host. It's so cliched at this point. Jimmy does a great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let's keep going. And then you got that asshole Jay Leno doing his show. You got Dave Letterman does a great job. <laughs> you just said on your own show when you, when you tried on the Fox Pilot that Dave doesn't put any effort into his show. The guy that had you on constantly when you were that nobody may, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah right and uh there's enough of these guys and you got craig ferguson you got conan o'brien you got uh, uh george lopez you got the everyone's doing that format doesn't interest me anymore it's but howard what about doing i could have done i could have done it i could have gone up against johnny carson i would I would have been um, replacing Joan Rivers on Fox. I, I was offered it. I turned it down. Here's your answer. But you could do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I feel it like I. I feel like I just have been fucking sucker punched. Something different. Do the radio show. No, you can't do anything different on television. People can't accept it right away. First of all, the women are like, oh, he's gross. He, 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 he talks <laughs> about this and sex and man, shut the he fuck like, up. He's a, such, a, such a lover of women. He loves yeah. women so much. Exactly. Oh, I don't need it. Goodbye. This guy, Tommy, is another guy. Can't get to the point. No, I, I, I was offered a big job over at Fox. After Joan Rivers, they want to get rid of her. And they brought me in big top secret meeting. I've told this story a million times. And they offered me the 1130 slot, go up against Johnny Carson. They did not offer him a slot. These were test shows, guys. We've already gone through this. Sam, yes. No, it's like when things don't work out and you're shut down from a network and you claim that you're so amazing and great and you don't have to change anything, even though people give you suggestions 
So then you kind of like go back to the lower rung of the thing that mm-hmm. you're doing. Yep. But um, it just becomes like painfully obvious. Maybe you should just like change and try to do things to make things work and, you know, incorporate things that actually, you know, people want and yeah. enjoy, Yeah. you sure. know, like keep people on that are funny that, you know, other people like and not, you know, be a fucking narcissistic show hog. Right. And if I'd wanted that kind of life, I would have had it. I, I was. On the, I don't want to read uh, off a teleprompter or jokes, monologue jokes. <laughs> I'd rather be passed jokes by Benji and the back office staff instead. That's not me. Let's sit there and read those fucking jokes. Can you believe today? This is a true story. Did you see? They, they, they saw Daniel Craig from 007 in a gay bar kissing a man. Guess what? And then you get the fucking punchline. Who wants to do that? It's nonsense. You do the monologue, and then you and then you have, then you're waiting around for your guest. <laughs> it's, you don't it's, even know who your guest is. Yeah, exactly. Nine times out of ten, it's some shithead who's promoting a movie who sucks. The movie sucks. They suck. Nobody cares about them. And you're wondering why you had a hard time getting a list a list guests to your show, Howard? Yeah, it's like really crazy. I mean, like when you have a show and you don't prepare for it. Right. <laughs> sort of a little like that. And the girls come on with nothing to say. And they just want to look good. It's enough. Who needs it? It's nonsense. I turned it down. How many years ago was that? I don't know. Twenty years ago, I want to guess. That Would was you a say? long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Look, what we got going here is good for me. I like this. Yeah, don't it's change anything. Level. It's fine. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't need to go on America's Got Talent. <laughs> Just keep sticking in the mud because it's working for you. It's going well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My head against the wall, sit around writing jokes all day. I'll get cuckoo like that letterman. I'll build a fuck room and I'll suffer. You know what? If I had to sit around all day and write those dumb jokes, I'd, 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 I'd build a fuck room too. You're goddamn right I would. I'd fuck every one of you. <laughs> And I'd have, I'd have, you know what I would do? I would have people for free write me material and then fuck it up and not pay them. Right. I'd have mentally handicapped people come in and not pay them, not give them anything, not validate their parking, nothing. And then just, you know, let them send them on their merry way. But if I fucked up really bad, if I fucked up really bad, Fillmore, I would write a verbal apology. You, and then say like I never do it. Yeah, exactly. I'm that Starting not narcissistic. You. That's right. You. None of you would be safe. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you, Robin? That's not for me. Which is something, of course, you just don't do, right? I would rather just sit there uh, and do what. Uh, I'd rather do what Larry King does. I'd rather sit there and interview people. Sure. Quite frankly. Or talk about things off the top of my head. I don't need a you bunch know, of... Uh, <laughs> Fillmore. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> let's start a new... You know what? Let's just close down our channel. Let's start a new thing. And just talk about things off the top of our head, unprepared. Oh, that sounds that sounds like a fucking working business model. I sit there writing a joke for me. I don't need that. I sit there write those jokes. And those jokes are horrible. <laughs> Uh, you know, what I object to more is the bits. 
Oh, my God. That segment after the big, long jokes. Then- this is like the kid never getting picked for the fucking uh, dodgeball team saying if he would have been picked, they would have won. <laughs> <laughs> and they sit down for the bits that they work on all day. They're taping. Don't ask what goes on with those bits. And each one is worse than the next. They're remotes. And but the they think they have to do one every night. So right. they don't have. They don't- this is exactly what Bob D. Now, after having done those NPD uh, shows and when he says you have to devalue things you're not involved in because otherwise your self-esteem goes in the shitter. That's what this is, guys. So retarded. Right. Anyway, that's why, like, you know, when things don't work out for him on TV because he's terrible, instead of just saying, yeah, we're not going to talk about this. He, like, writes a new script. And then he goes on and he talks about people who are successful on actual talk shows like fuck Joe, Jay Leno and Johnny Carson. I mean, those people were successful for 20 plus years on talk shows. So yeah. maybe it's you that sucks. Yeah. Oh, it couldn't be. Don't have the ability to wait until it's good. They've got to have one to go every night. Even Johnny Carson didn't do that. He did his right. bits when they were ready. And boy, they with those bits. <laughs> Listen, How many years did you have on a talk show, Howard? <laughs> I was going to say, exactly. Went off the air after 9-11 because they, they were being asked to be real. You couldn't go on and do a monologue. They were saying, talk from the heart. They all backed out. Jay Leno, all of them, Letterman, everyone. Uh, we're going dark. It's 9-11. It's not time to laugh. This is from the guy who was begging Tom Giasano to leave at 9-11 because he was pissing in his pants. And more than that, this is the uh, neocon warmonger that was drum beating to drop bombs on any Middle Eastern country. It doesn't matter if they had anything to do with the bombing. We're just going to fucking blow people up. And I am going to tell you right now, if you were an uneducated person that was listening to this, which I was in high school and thought, yeah, why aren't we blowing up everyone in the Middle East? They're all horrible. He, that's exactly what he said. Let's bomb a country, any country. And this is what stupid people who had a voice did. And it's incredible that I love the fact that he had um, people on the ground and he stayed on. And I really love that broadcast. But I will say this was this sort of um, this sort of uh, rhetoric made it okay for George Bush to do whatever the fuck he did and all the illegal war crimes that went on where after. So it's not okay. Right. It's not time to laugh. Sure. It's time to laugh. So don't laugh. Talk about something real. (laughs) Don't bail out on me just because nine 11. Now I need you. I'm looking to hear what you got to say. Say something from the heart. These guys, they're all, they're all cookie cutter. And Howard's way of saying uh, we, you know, um, paying tribute to 9-11 was to cut out his ass cheeks in the pants and moon a crowd at the concert for 9-11. That's exactly right. You know what? Even if I say, okay, he was upset with what was happening in New York City, which is just. I mean, right. the guttural reaction was, yeah. fuck these places. Who did right. this to us? And our Whoever government was feeding us a line that was not true. And right. still to this day, we don't have answers. And it's it's an incredibly fucked up situation. But needless to say, during that time, what do you do when people are in the most amount of pain during a tribute charity concert? You go on stage, dress like a fucking prisoner, 
and you have your ass cheeks cut out like a fucking jack-o'-lantern. Now, yeah, how is that not only not funny, but just completely ill-timed, tasteless, tasteless, yeah, pointless? I don't want that. I don't want to have to sit there. You know, like even Jimmy went on when he first went on. He didn't want to wear a tie. They they somehow got him into a tie. Yeah, remember and, he was serving alcohol to the audience. Right, that had to stop. Uh, they put a clamp on that. That was fun. Jimmy had a lot of good ideas. Uh, then you also turn around and say he stole ideas from you. So which is it? That that might be the next thing, the Jimmy Kimmel reshinding thing we do. If, well, if actually, if... one of our fans posted that on our Facebook page, and I was at first a little like, mm, but now I'm giving more credence to it. Like, I think it's a good idea. And it'll take a lot of research, but we'll see about it, guys. And they fuck with him. I don't need that anymore. I don't want to be fucked with. I said to Jimmy when I was out there, I said, I don't know how you put up with this shit. The censors and the... You know, but he's good with it. He, you know, he, 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 even when he goes to do the upfronts, he's got to clear his material. I said, are you kidding me? And that's not going to be broadcast anywhere. It's no. all adults. Right. Well, you don't want to offend this one, that one. I mean, everybody's offended. Everyone today is offended. <laughs> well, that's, that's present. Okay. It's in 2020. Yeah. That's more true now. But in 2010, anytime you have a, a fucking late night show, you have to pass things by the censors. What do you think? Well, why do you think he had the 2013 summit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. By everything. You can't say anything anymore. <laughs> you can't you can't get Howard Stern edit unedited anymore, guys. That's the irony. He uh, has just recently edited what was it that was uh, cut out of the broadcast? Um someone posted it was um wasn't Robin's eight hundred dollar bottle. Oh, it was it was Allison, the um, the mention of Allison. Uh, I thought it was this Charlize Theron click clicking when he clicked oh, for, yes. he said she was in South Africa and he, she, he said, let me speak in her native tongue. Yeah. And he started, yeah. Mocking the, the dial, the actual language. Yeah. And she said, oh, that's not right. And that got edited out of the replays. Yes. That's gone. Okay. More recently, someone said that there was a talk of Allison and the divorce or something. And someone, uh, I can't remember who sent it to me. I'm really, apo I'll apologize right now. Um, but, um, the, 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 the Allison's name was edited out. Uh, I think it was Don on our Facebook page. And, uh, he, he said, uh, that whoever did it has the editing skills of a chimpanzee because the edit is so bad. Why not just, you know, bleep it out instead, you know, just get the sound right. So whoever they've got in the back is just amateur bullshit, you know? Well, but, who, uh, well, by the way, who thinks, you know how we have these, I mean, um, I mean, solid memories that are yeah. like a fucking bear trap for this shit that can call anything like, no, you're a liar. No, you're a yes. liar. Who thinks that they're fooling people in these edits that we don't remember or we don't have these recordings? That's like saying an episode of television that never, never happened, happened didn't happen. It's, right. it's Gaslighting. incredible. I mean, yeah. do you think we don't know who you are? We've known who you were for 30 years. Right. Plus. Not for me. Plus. I, I had my shot. I could I, I could do it. I'm sure I'm, some network would take me now. <laughs> like you know, but I'd have to sit down in a meeting and make and show them that I'm not a mental patient. Show Which them. you failed to do twice with Fox, who's decided you were too much of a fucking pain in the ass to deal with, except when they later turned around and gave you a son of the beach a couple, about 13 years later, and that didn't last too long. And then 
with your Channel 9 show where the guy said, you're too much, you're such a pain in the ass, the advertising, we're not even getting the advertising revenue to make you worth it. You know what? He tells the truth about himself better than we do at will. But it's only in segments where you're never, you're not expecting to hear it. And then when you do hear it and you're like, oh God, well, yeah, you really are a shit. And I can abide by their standards and. We just talked in the first episode how he bitched over he wasn't allowed to use a prop unless it was unless it was going to be used by the network for something else. And they they're like, well, we're not wasting money on your fucking show if it can't be used somehow else to justify the budget. No, here we can play tapes of people fucking their mothers. I love it. Oh. I don't want to go back. I've never felt so free, and I've never been better. <laughs> oh my god, this is. But oh, for me, that, that ain't I, for me anymore. You know what? Yeah. I really wish we were back in olden times so we could like storm the fucking castle and <laughs> drag him out, tar and feather him. I've seen the mountaintop. I've seen the light. And I, and I thought about taking over for Joan Rivers for maybe a day. It was sort of tempting. And then I thought about the reality of it. Oh, my God. And... You weren't offered it. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really want to do it, you know, with their little thirteen-week cycles, and then they could, and then they could, be, they'll, they'll run a bunch of commercials talking about how I'm the second coming of Christ, what and then in two weeks fucking, I don't win. Up. What a fucking liar! So you're you're hearing it now, guys. We're sorry it took so long to get to this final bit, but you want you want the full story. We're going to give it to you. You really <laughs> fucking can come off saying this right now. Over the entire country, they can fire me and throw me out of there. Yeah, I was looking for that. That's what I needed. Have my career over in two weeks. It's a miracle, this career. Anytime You're you can land. Look at radio. They fire everyone now. All these guys who had morning shows, afternoon shows. Everyone's off the air. It's the craziest, wackiest business. We're lucky we got anything going on. Very. And actually, oh he's God. right. He would. His career would have been over in two weeks had they aired those. That is the understatement of the year. We're this wacky. We're lucky we have anything going on. You are so unbelievably lucky. Yeah, that it, I, there's never been a more truthful moment on the show aside from when <laughs> just last week when we uh, played the um, King of All Blacks saying uh, Beth Beth never posed like that with you. <laughs> it just came flew right out of his mouth. Anyway, I mean, if you guys... want to know what a hack he is, he's had George Takei on <laughs> in the last month, and it's again about gay wrestling sex with an eighty-year-old and his partner yes. for over twenty years. So, if that if that doesn't get you still wet, guys, dipping in that well, guys, if that doesn't get you hard, I don't know what will. Anyway, we are glad to have presented this to you in full, in two parts, I believe. And um, we are going to just select to let you guys know, please, if you're not on our YouTube channel and you're on our Podbean, uh, even if you don't listen via YouTube, please subscribe to our channel and um, join our Facebook page as well. And we look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. Sam, anything you'd like to close off with? Yeah, if you subscribe, I plan on doing a video mailbag episode. So please subscribe. And I'm going to answer questions, join our Facebook page, ask questions. I will pick the questions and answer them. Uh, will you need me to hide your face with uh, some kind of animal emoji? Oh, um, 
a cat. No, I'm good with that. I don't, I really don't need to do that. How about a camel? Um, no, I'm fine. Not a Muppet? Oh, oh, Miss Piggy? Uh, maybe no i'm fine i'm good <laughs> that sounds good all right guys we love you from sam and i that's been quite frankly um and uh, also if you those of you on uh, alternate podcast uh, software like uh, player fm uh, podcast addict podcast any likes comments you want to leave us please do so they help uh thumbs up or whatever they offer you hearts and stuff like that emojis please do so and especially on the podbean app because that's that's a comer and on Spotify as well. So God bless you guys. Take care. Stay safe. We love you. Take care. Bye. Oh, just real quick. I was also calling because uh, I just wanted to Bye. see my two <laughs> See you later. Of June. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> All right, buddy. Eric, what, I couldn't hear you. What did you say? I said the tour that I'm Take care, man. <laughs> Don't ever call back. <laughs>